Oh, internet. It's Sunday, June 30th. It's the Soundcast. And I'm here, Zachary Burgess, on the mic. And the one and only Robert Kemp is joining me. Also rocking the mic. The one and only because he is literally the only other one on this podcast. <laughs> so in the insular world of podcasting. <laughs> you might be the only person called Robert Kemp. Yeah, I think that's probably quite likely. Yeah. I think that's Reasonably a, likely. I mean, it's not an incredibly uncommon name. I mean, unless that guy we ego searched back in the day, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the guy... The, uh, the the other Robert Kemp that was the curator of a magazine about cigars. <laughs> I mean, could... that does sound like someone who might have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in some kind of media. Media begets other media. At this point, yes. Yeah. If, you, if you were part of a magazine in the past, quite likely you're not doing that any longer. <laughs> does anyone use the term multimedia anymore? Like, because like, we're kind of in the space where that... Me- where but that, what that did that term- even mean at the time? <laughs> it meant there was videos and music on the same disc. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've got this CD and it's got images and some ambient whales. <laughs> Boys the whales. <laughs> I just remember, like, like when we were in school, right? And we, there was that machine at, at, at middle school that had... It was, a, it was the, like the first CD-based PC I think I've ever put my hands on. Yeah. And it had like, the CDs were in weird Fat plastic boxes. cartridges. Yeah. yeah. Um, like A bit like mini discs, but le- way less professional looking. <laughs> um, and there was this thing for it that we had called the Garden of, of, the Garden of Unearthly Delights. <laughs> and it was basically just a series of like what looked like fractal images uh, with... Some kind of new age ambient music playing. Great. And it's like, there you go, multimedia. School appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> or Encarta, I suppose. Well, yeah. Multimedia. It's, it's text and sound. I bet that had some whale noises. I bet it did. I had a sampler that had made dog barks. Like, that was their, like, because the, it had like a fairly, oh no, it wasn't Encarta that had that. There was like a Microsoft musical instrument. Thing, yeah. Wasn't there? Probably. And one of the instruments. It's like a Mario Paint. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> And one of the instruments... Well, it wasn't... It, I don't think it let you make music. It was just like an encyclopedia of instruments. Oh, right. Um, but it had lots of sound effects. So it was like, obviously, you went and found the ones that sounded funny. But they had a sampler that just played musical dog barks. Because it's like, this is what a sampler does. Yep, yeah, pretty much. It's just like having a keyboard, except without the keyboard part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just tell it to bark in what note? What note does your dog bark? It's <laughs> a good question. I wonder if that's ever been like. I wonder if someone has done some ridiculous statistical research on that, or like a conspiracy theory where it's like, are oh, the different tones of dog barks spell out some kind of conspiracy? <laughs> <laughs> what? That's the dog Illuminati. Yeah, exactly. They know. They're picking up the signals in the air. Yep, they can hear them. <laughs> that's why they're so angry. <laughs> tinfoil doggos mm-hmm. and put little Gustav in a tinfoil hat Gustav? why is that your dog name? <laughs> it's always going to be the dog name has like, it? yeah like we get a little dachshund a uh, yeah okay for that specific kind of dog but like it'll be called Gustav it better be <laughs> you better not play that up right now and then fail when the time comes well, so, <laughs> so the, the stupid thing is, is that it comes from us getting a character in the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory wrong. 
Right. Because I, for years, you know, the fat kid yeah. that falls in the chocolate. Yes. And it's like, for years, I thought it was like, Gustav, stop, you'll ruin your dinner or something. And it's like, no, it's Augustus. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought Gustav sounded more appropriate. You know, casual German racism, I suppose. But no, you haven't got the right rhythm. Augustus Gloop. Yeah, it's Gloop. Got the rhythm to it. Gustav Gloop is a bit. I mean, it's alliterative, <laughs> but it doesn't fit as well. I, I, I totally forgot about the Gloop part. <laughs> I think maybe that was the where I was going with it. Like I got the Gert and the Ooh. Well, you'd acquired the G, and you were thinking it must be alliterative because it's a book, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the kind of thing that writers do. I'm not sure I was being that smart at the time. <laughs> Stop, Gustav. <laughs> now you've done it. <laughs> now you've actually combined them. Which also sounds like some kind of magical Pritt stick. Yeah. Glue stuff. <laughs> some kind of fancy brand. As fancy as sticks of glue get. I kind of... Is there a fantasy game that actually, like, has more interesting fantasy weapons, like, well, like yes. a glue stuff? Or I'm like... sure there is. You know, because I'm always a bit disappointed where it's just basically like they all come out as wooden rods. Yeah, but that's, that's because of the. That's based on the universe. There's clearly all kinds of weird D&D ripoffs that are in different universes. But I have more comedy in your weapons, that's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, I'm sure there is a literal comedy one. It's the same as, like, you know, Kingdom of Loathing and those video games where it's basically a games. comedy take on RPG mechanics. Kingdom of Loathing. I don't know that one. No, you wouldn't. I guess. Oh, is it the? Oh, is it the? Or West of Loathing now? Yeah. The most recent one. Yeah, that's what, that's the one I have seen. I was about to say, is that the stick figure thing? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, didn't even know there was more of that. Anything I think of when I think of stick figures is obviously one figure Death Punch. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. The only stick figure game you need. Apart from that, there's two of them. No shit. I don't know if I, did Kip, did Kippers get around to playing the second? I haven't noticed him doing it. Okay, so no he one... might have done once, maybe. I okay. think I, someone else has played it recently on my scene list. Okay, so no Death Punch two coverage yet. No, not yet. Outrage. Maybe it's on sale because there's a it Steam might... sale going on. News. Oh. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> there's a Steam sale going on right now, and no one knows what the fuck the event is. I, yeah, I haven't quite. It was like, the, so. It, I think, you didn't even see it until like three days in. It was way worse than the first two days. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh wait, so what? They 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 did some rapid fixes. Yeah, to it, they sure did. Okay, so it's some kind of driving thing, except not really. It basically except, it is nothing. Is the is maybe the primary problem with it? <laughs> right. So they did the like. Okay, so they had this team mechanic in the last things they did, right? Where, but, sure. But the last things were clickers. Yeah. And but this is just that, but without the clicker thing. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and you earn boosts by perhaps playing some games. Yep, kind of if you want to, if it's <laughs> necessary, because the the whole system doesn't make any goddamn sense. Because we seem to be losing today quite badly. Well, yes, but there's because everyone picked Team Corgi. Yes, of course they did. Yes, I mean that was the primary problem number one is you made one of the teams Corgi, and I mean, everyone went into that immediately. They just made it dog. Yeah, it might have well, been okay, but it's because they specifically picked Corgi. Yeah, it's like it's like picking like if it was Team Pug, and then the internet would just go ah. Yeah, pretty much. 
And also, it doesn't help where you compare it to the other four teams. Where's Team Kitty? Yeah, you could have balanced it out if you've had if you've had a cat, like some other animals people care about. Yeah. But no, it's tortoise and hare, which I guess makes sense for a race. Yeah. Then you got cockatiel, which is a bit weird, and pig, which is just like compare all four of those to corgi. Corgi is obviously going to win mm. by a long way. So that was the primary, the number one fuck up there. I mean, today their boost is like ten times greater than everyone else's. Yep. And it was way worse in the first couple of days. Mm. So as it stands now, the whole mechanic of this is that you have your boost meter, which you get a hundred points per day in of the sale. What just give capacity? Oh right, it's a, it's a capacity boost. So you get a hundred points of extra capacity per day. You I start have like with thousands of points. You start with a certain amount of boost capacity based on how much you've spent on Steam recently, basically. <laughs> Okay, I haven't spent that much this year. No, but it's not—you know—it's not a direct relationship on that part. Okay. But then, when if you spend more during the sale, you get like 127 capacity per pound that you okay. spend. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. They picked 127. Well, I'm sure it's based on the US conversion to pounds. It's probably you reckon it's not just like the, it's probably the, like a hundred in the US version of this. It's not just the top end of a seven-bit number. Probably not. <laughs> Who uses seven bits? <laughs> I know it's a bit weird, isn't it? But there's that. So you get the, you, that's how you get capacity for your boost, and then you fill the capacity by various ways, either by getting achievements in games that have achievements, and then cashing that in, or from playing specific games and doing specific small tasks within those games. You can fill your boost capacity, and then you expend the boost to, to boost your team. Which, you know, that's just you get you put points into a bar, yep, yep. <laughs> and then occasionally you actually have to match. Which I guess is the most annoying part, because it has to be something you engage with, right? You have to go to it and click the button. Well, sure, but going in. that's how you get the hundred extra points per day as well. Also, you have okay. to you have to have at least boosted once per day. Because I'm wondering if like I I should boost today because it's like it's not worth it. You have to maybe I boost it just once. Yeah, you just have to spend one boost. Okay, make sure you're always engaged to get that extra hundred, and then. So you spend the boost and you... It doesn't seem enough like well, when, I, when I've started with thousands. So that's what we're coming to. But then when you boost, sometimes you get the attacks drop, which those didn't exist to start with. Right. Those two types of attacks... Wait, or did one did one of them exist on the first day? I don't even remember. It got changed so quickly. But the third type, the second type definitely didn't. So there's the one where you steal progress and the one where you... Just slow them down. Slow them down, yeah. which is a very undefined thing. I guess it reduces the anti multiplier. Boost. Yeah, anti it's boost. like it's like anti boost, but then still progress. You're just taking the pro the actual progress, I guess. Mm. So there's those that just drop randomly sometimes when you boost. But as you say, a hundred boost doesn't seem like it's relevant because it's like it's not. It's really weird because it's like, we're going to give you 100 boosts per day and you already start with like four or 5,000 depending on how much you've spent recently or whatever. But the thing is, like, you don't get that back. Like, once you've expended the capacity, once you've filled your capacity and spent it as boost, that's it. You're never going to get that back. So it doesn't matter if you have thousands of boosts. Once it's gone, it's gone. Well, you say that, but like, I've had... Like, okay, so it's been a bit weird, right? Because so, the main, the primary way I'm scoring points for this thing... yeah is by the achievement quest. Yeah. Right. So I the first the first get day it was on, I I or the first time I noticed, 
I, I jumped, you know, so skipping ahead a little bit, I guess, into what our <laughs> podcast is normally. I skipped ahead and played a little bit of Two Point Hospital. Yeah. And it then cashed in all my achievements for that game. Yeah. I have like fucking hundreds of thousands of points in Factorio boost. Right. Because <laughs> I have nearly all the achievements in Factorio. So, but then, but then last, so I boosted all that. And so I ran out of points again. Yeah. And then yesterday, I, uh, uh, you know, we played a bit of Rocket League and now it's cashed those in. Yeah, but you don't get those. You get the tiny portion that you can still fit in your capacity of those. Oh, sure. Yeah, you don't get the whole <laughs> lot, but like, it, like, but I can fill my capacity by claiming yeah, daily. I don't have to actually do anything specific. I can just literally, I've got the hundreds of thousands of Factorio and Binding of Isaac and Rocket League. They're just all sitting there. So I don't actually need to do any of the little mini quests or anything. I just... <laughs> if you want to boost that day... Because the trick is that initially they had it so when you claimed those points, it discarded anything over your cap. So that oh, game right. just emptied. Huh. <laughs> and then people were vaguely pissed off about that, apparently. Yeah. So they changed that so it only claims the portion that can fit in your boost meter. But as I say, it's such an incredibly tiny portion and you don't your boost your capacity never empties. You don't ever have four thousand again. You only have the extra hundred per day. Yeah, I mean the achievements bit is actually the bit that doesn't make a huge amount of sense because you can earn capacity, but you earn it through certain games. It's no, like you that's... can't earn capacity, you earn Points. Sorry, you earn points. Yeah, yeah, that way around. But you can, but you, you don't need to earn capacity because it's like if, if it wasn't for the achievement thing, like well, just, all... just immediately filling up to your cap, and also like, you could the actual the actual like encouragement to play specific games to earn points, and like I actually think it's a fairly nice idea. Like, well, sure. go, go to two point, cure some people, get yeah. a few points, yeah. help your team. Um, that stuff makes sense, but it's completely negated by the achievement. Well, it's also completely negated by the fact that the number of points you get is so high compared to the cap. Yeah. Like, even if we imagine that you had, say, 8,000 points like I have in my cap at the moment, if, if we imagine I had zero boost in that 8,000 points, the Stardew Valley has a quest where you have to harvest crops and it gives you 20 points per crop harvest. So you'd need, what, like, six, uh, maths, 400 crops to make 8,000 boost? Right. Oh, right, 400 times 20, yeah, yeah. But that's, like, one day. Right, yeah. <laughs> Like, literally, I could harvest pretty much just coffee beans in my current farm, one day's worth of that, because also because a coffee bean plant produces, like, up to four beans per plant, and those all count individually. <laughs> Okay, so it's just so like it was a bit, so it was a bit slower than that in two point because it was like sure. twenty points for a cure. Yeah, basically. but so it's like those numbers are so t- like minusculely irrelevant compared to the actual cap that you have, unless you've yeah. spent a shit ton of money on Steam recently, I guess. <laughs> and then it's all pointless anyway because you just like you just click a button and it goes, and that's it. And then maybe if you're lucky, you'll win some prizes. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, but yeah, but like, what they don't tell you what the they tell you the odds of like what the drop rate is for the the, the attacks, but they don't tell you the drop rate like if your team actually wins. Yeah, it's they like... do. It's in the extended rules. Oh, do they? Oh, I didn't find that. Tom, first the team who comes first gets three hundred of their team gets one hundred gets okay. one of their, and then second gets two hundred, and third gets one hundred, and then at the end, whoever wins overall, which is going to be Corgi, <laughs> will get another three hundred. But it's the top three in your wish list instead of just the top one. Oh, cool. I think. So yeah. You theoretically get prizes, which you know that when you actually look at that, theoretically not being in Corgi is better because 
because there's so many oh, people right, in Corgi, you're better off going for like the second place and having a lower, higher percentage chance of actually getting the prize. There's still hope for Team Pig, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. We have come like second and third, I think. Yeah. So, you know, theoretically, prizes for those teams. The hair is last. After they vaguely managed to fix the system so it wasn't a complete obliteration every time. Mm-hmm. Although today... <laughs> well, it hasn't caught back up yet. You've got, no, you haven't got the American like, part of the... No, we're only in like the first two hours yeah. at this point. Because you know that all of the four other teams are to- targeting all their attacks on Corey. <laughs> Just to try and balance it out. But it's not enough. They're still pretty much running away with it every time. So yeah, this whole thing is just bad and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're trying. Yeah, but they're not, really. It's like if you compare it to the last two, those were actually way better. I suppose the important... The important well, kind of. They were still crap. Yeah, but they um, were at like, least yeah. something to do. They were clickers, but they were something to do. They were atrocious. I mean, I quite liked the car one compared to the stupid dumb alien shit. Well, the dumb one. alien one was the worst. It wasn't the worst. Was it the just wasn't one? as good as the car one. I don't remember the car one. Where all the enemies were various cars dressed up in like dummy, dumb, like there was the, the barbarian cars that had spiky shoulder pads and stuff. Oh, yeah. And then that was truly a clicker. Yeah, where you were just messing up like ridiculous power ups, and they, it just exploded because, and the levels went up so high because so many people were playing it, and it just multiplied everything so many times. Didn't they do that one a few times technically because they had the one with the like aliens in the TV sets, or is it? Or was that the car one? I think that might have been the car one. I think they were all cars. It was just <laughs> not as noticeable, right? But yeah, they then they changed it to the one where you actually had to think about the clicking, and it wasn't as good. No, because what they made was. Just bad. Yeah. Just make it a pure clicker. That was good the first time. It was fun to see how ridiculously high those numbers got, even within the, you know, deliberately constricted. They tried to not make it go high, but they underestimated the power of people clicking. (laughs) Car clicker. Yeah. But yeah, this this whole thing is kind of dumb bad. And in, and it was much worse in the first two days where it was even less, even worse balanced and less well explained. And also maybe exploits, I heard. Maybe exploits. There may have been some exploits going on in the first couple of days. And then everyone was also pissed off that you can you can use your tokens to buy a badge. Because oh, yeah. obviously there's a Steam sale badge. Get your Steam level up for some reason. But yeah, you, you could buy that badge so many times because if you started well, it can, with it can infinitely level well yeah it can infinitely level but also because you can if you started with say like 4,000 points like I did that's you know 40 levels of that badge right there oh I didn't think you could trade those your boost points for that because it didn't doesn't it turn them into some other token no it yeah but it's one to one you spend the boost it turns into a token and then you spend it on the badge Oh, weird. Oh, is this the, what they mean by the nitro things? Or No, the nitro is the multiplier to the boost. It's it's a dumb, stupid system. The boost points that you spend in the boost meter turn directly into the tokens, and then you spend them in the pit stop to get the... So if you spend a thousand boosts, you get a thousand tokens. Okay. Then those go into the pit stop, and then you spend those to get the badge and the other isn't there, isn't there actually like a way of getting five pound off or something? Yes, if you get 15,000 points... Which will all do, surely? No. 15,000? No. Nope. Like, earn 15,000 or just boost 15,000? Boost 15,000. Because you have to 15 times then? No, 15,000. But you get 1,000 points for each boost. No, you get you spend 1,000 points for each boost, assuming you have boost to spend. Yeah, but if you've got a 1,000... 
But surely a thousand turns into a thousand then. Yes. And how do you get boost capacity? You I'm get a sure. hundred per day. I just no, that's capacity though. Like I, I yes, can just which you have to have. You have to put the boost into the capacity to spend it. You don't ever get that capacity back. This doesn't tie up with my experience so far, but okay. What do you mean it doesn't tie up with your experience so because, far? Because so far, my, like, I've had thousands every day. No, yeah. that was the one time when they gave everyone 2,000 extra because the whole thing was fucked up so bad. Because like, I've got like four, five odd thousand in there right now. Yeah, I've got 8,000 capacity and I've spent it all. So I did that day one. I had like 4,000 in there from, as I said, like, this is what I was trying to say earlier. I got 4,000 in there from two points, spent yeah. it all. Second day, come in and just go, right, I'm going to claim my Rocket League. Now I've got like 5,000 in there and I could spend that all. That's yes, nine that's because you, it already. That's because you came in on the day they gave everyone the bonus 2,000 because everything was fucked up. And there is, they also added those extra little mini quests that give you capacity. The qualifier thing where it's like play a new game, write a review, add things to your wish list. Those give you capacity, although I don't know how much. I think I'm more lost than where we began this. <laughs> you can actually look at the page if we just turn over to Rob's computer. Because as you can see, up here at the top. <laughs> see with your ears. Yep. So Rob has 5,000 points ready to boost. I'm ready to boost, y'all. I got boost power. You need an F-Zero style voice to like just be like, you got boost power. Wait, hang on. Maybe they maybe they actually changed it again because according to this, you've boosted zero points. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, that's not right. But well, today I haven't boosted. Yeah, but it doesn't say today. It says points that you've already boosted. Wait, let's. Actually, oh, I don't know. Let's go to your pit stop page <laughs> and have a look at. Okay, so you've, you've earned four thousand total, including four thousand converted units. I think we've just proven this is even more. Yeah, I think we've just proven that maybe they've literally changed it today as well. (laughs) I I don't know, mate. But my capacity has never emptied, is what I'm saying. Right. So I've only got 8,000 and that's it. I don't know. Let let me hit your boost button today. (laughs) And then we'll see. (laughs) Okay, so that did update. Okay, yeah, so I'm I'm down at 4,000 points. And I've got 4,900 tokens now. Yeah, that did update. So, but, maybe... so what is my max now? So my max still says the same. So maybe my max still says five thousand. So my capacity doesn't change. Like... Well, the, no, the capacity is the thing that's meant to change over the one hundred per day or whatever. Mm. But it never emptied before. Now I feel like I need to log into my stream and see yeah. what my one says. Well, no, we'll come back to this. It's, it's, anyway, it's madness. That's all we need to know. Well, yeah, basically it's fucked and they've changed it consistently over every day it's been active, essentially. How about the actual sale? It's, you know, it's what Steam sales are now. Yeah, not as interesting as they used to be. It's still an okay sale. I might pick up the expansions, although that, t- that loud typing's not going to come across well. Um, it's not pointed at the mic. <laughs> You'll barely be able to hear it. The, um, I mean, those those expansions for Aero are only two pound each. So. <laughs> Get down some beats. See, on my one, five thousand ninety points boosted, three hundred available out of five thousand three hundred ninety. But and you've it, probably got some achievements to cash. You could cash in, right? Yeah, but. Like, well, let me actually just try that then. I guess if I go down to 
maximum. No, you've, oh, no, you've already reached your maximum. Oh, weird. See, my one hasn't emptied ever. Strange. So maybe it's even more broken, and like depending on whose account it is, it's actually got stuck somehow. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. It's basically fucked. <laughs> So, that's so you might be able to get a five pound discount, I guess. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> and I theoretically might if I can, like, because I've already spent like um, I haven't actually spent any points, but I've got like nine thousand in there. Oh, you're doing, you're doing okay. So yeah, I'm reasonably close, but I'll probably actually have to spend some money if my one doesn't unjam or whatever the fuck's wrong with it. Sure. Because <laughs> you'll, you'll notice I've got nine thousand tokens, but I've only ever had five thousand max points, which then doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but that's max of eight. But that's like this is the bit where I'm confused because it's like surely max points is like your like the size of your fuel tank. Yes, right? it should so you can, be. So you can fill it up and burn it. Yeah, and it, and that's how you would imagine it would work. So but yeah, but you've been like surely you've managed to do that like no twice. I've, every day I've only had like the extra hundred points. Because you'll notice if you look at what I've boosted today, which it doesn't actually have a number on, it's the same as yours. You've boosted once today because we just did it. So yeah. I've only boosted once today, and I've only got 300 points out of 5,000 left. Does that mean you only had 1,300 at the start of the day? Though? Yeah. Right, so you haven't earned the points because you didn't claim your Chivos? Or t- t- but as we noticed when you just scroll down, can't claim them because I'm at my cap. Not the, Yeah, that's the, bit, that's the weird bit. Like, you should be able to claim your... <laughs> oh, unless you can only claim each game once, but... Well, no, because if you look at any any of these, yeah, that's the that's the bit I don't understand. Like, why why is it limiting you there? Because I I did these these are the two that I got the extra thousand from because I did the two qualifier achievements. This is a podcast like that no one can see the this. Yeah, I did the two qualifier achievements, which gave me an extra, I guess, five hundred each. Does it say that? Yeah, five hundred each, which gave me. The extra thousand that I've boosted, plus the three days that I've had the extra one hundred, which is that extra three hundred. So yeah, my cap is still exactly where it should be, theoretically, except for it hasn't ever gone back down. <laughs> so I've never been able to refill that five thousand. Whole thing is fucked, is what we're saying. <laughs> and we spent far too much time on. <laughs> well, it's it's the one bit of news of this week, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I might buy something. I don't know. Yeah, I might buy this is, this, this is The trouble is, is this, it's Mario Maker 2 week, and I'm like, I've been toying with the idea of picking that up. I haven't. Spoiler alert. No, so there's no, no talk about that. But I highly considered it. No sales there. No sales there, no. <laughs> Ever, because it's, it's also actually a Nintendo yeah, product. It's got a Nintendo tax. Unlucky Kentucky. Anything else happened? No, not really. I went through the adult mundanity of trying to um, figure out what smart meters for electricity is all about. And then <laughs> is there really anything to figure out there? Well, apparently so, actually. As it turns out, there's like a compatibility war between smart meters. <laughs> well, not really. Like, if you went in early on a smart meter and you then changed supplier, like I did recently, your old smart meter might not be might not work as a smart meter. At which point, there'd be no point in getting one, unless this second generation protocol like you happen to get a meter with Smets 2 <laughs> and then you should be fine but they boned it up the first time round apparently because engineers can't be trusted 
There you go. That was my week. I don't know if that, you know, who knows whether that's real, a real, like, if it was it a screw up or was it the plan all along? It was probably the plan all along. <laughs> the church, like, the... Obsolete it and then make everyone buy them again. I mean, you don't buy them no, you at rent, the moment. Like, whatever. But rent, you might, you might, of. well, you might have to pass 2020. Yeah. You might actually have to pay if you want a smart meter installed. But the whole point was like you get it once and then you're good. <laughs> well, that's, that's really the whole point of any like built in electrical grid stuff in your house. You get it once. <laughs> yeah, you don't really want to ever change it if you can help it. <laughs> Who changes a fuse box? Like, unless you've got quite an old place. Yeah, that's the only re- real reason. Or like you're getting some other work done on the fuse box is just in the way. Which is no, really. more or less what happened at our house. No, really. Where would it be that would be in the way? Like, shouldn't you just put it on a wall when there's nothing else going on? Yeah, but maybe you're moving other parts of the house around. Maybe you're opening, <laughs> opening up a wall to make a door. True. <laughs> this wall cannot exist anymore. No, but it's where all the power is. I mean, I guess technically that fu- our current fuse box is in the same place as it used to be, but it had to be completely rebuilt around it. Which is when it got replaced with a slightly newer one. Also because it was really old in our original one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think the one at... Uh, <laughs> I always remember the one at my, my, my old place growing up where it was like a big old grey box in the corner of the ceiling just near the front door. Yes. And it was, you know, one of those ones that you had to put literal fuse wire in it. Yep. And it's like, oh man, this is this is this is old school. It's like now we just have a big plastic switch. Our one was so old and well I guess like I I have no idea how old it actually was. But it, the way it seemed it, it clearly was old, but the one thing that made it seem extra old was that it was behind a little curtain. Like his little enclosure had a little curtain in front of it. It's like, oh, that's old school. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> there was a little drum roll every time you went to take the meter. <laughs> I've spent how much? Because <laughs> that seems like a very like 1930s thing to put like a little curtain in front of your power meter. <laughs> it's really odd. It's almost like one of those terrible. Like, I'm thinking of like. You know those bad neck curtains that's always like on, on like an on like an oddly elastic yes sort of thing across it was, the top. It wasn't like that. Okay, it wasn't a neck curtain, and it was it wasn't it was on an actual rail. I think. Oh wow, a little fancy. tiny rail. <laughs> <laughs> Effort was made. Yeah, but it's like but, but it's in a cupboard. Who cares? But it wasn't even in a cupboard. Really, it was in like a box up in up near the ceiling. It's like it wasn't part of a cupboard or anything. It wasn't part of any other. You know, insulation that it could have fitted in with. Wait, so this box? Wait, was it? It was just a wooden enclosure <laughs> so with a curtain in front of it. Wait, oh, right. So the curtain was actually in front of the whole enclosure, not that the. Well, that was like built into the opening of the enclosure that was built into the ceiling. Right, so you opened the doors to the enclosure? No. And then there was it the... only had the curtain. That was the bit that covered it. <laughs> okay. That was the obscuring part. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> a bit of me was thinking, like, like, well, if, it was, yeah, if it's in a cupboard, no big deal. Like, it was in its own little wooden box. No big deal. But no, it was just open with a curtain. Yes. Well, that, it was closed with a curtain. That's the point of the curtain. <laughs> it's never, never really closed with a curtain. Yeah, but it's not like you had to stop things falling out of it or anything. That's what doors are actually for. <laughs> or are they? I don't know. I think they're supposed to stop you from falling into place. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're meant to stop you falling out of the rest of the world into a small box. <laughs> yeah. Boxes. It's all about putting things in holes. <laughs> Naturally. That is the world we live by. Is that news? Really? I mean, I guess. I don't think there's been any other real news. There's been a few, like, follow-ups to the stuff that happened at E3, I guess. Yeah, I suppose we just watched that Jedi... <laughs> well, we partly watched the the extended version of the thing they showed at E3, where it's 25 minutes instead of 15 minutes, and, it, and according to the article, everyone thinks that makes it look so much better, but it really makes it look marginally better. <laughs> yeah, marginally is the word. I mean, it... I mean, it showed that, you know, there's more game to it. It I showed suppose. that, like, yes, there is some kind of upgrades, like, in a, they claim it's a Metroidvania style, but I don't know about that. And it shows that you can travel to four different planets, and maybe that is, you know, part of the, maybe it's the Metroid 2 style of going back to the different planets with different abilities, mm. or whatever. And then, apart from that, it didn't really show you that much else. I like, mean, you go to an upgrade it... station and get an upgrade for your droid, and that's, it, and that's like, and one more fight. How's that even gonna work? Like actually, Metro, because like kind of the point of like Metroid areas is you they tend to be like populated with enemies, right? Sure. Repeatedly. So does that mean the stormtroopers are gonna be respawning around this place you're liberating, or like, or are we? Well, it. I guess it depends. Maybe if they if they make it like branch quite early in the level. So, like, the point where you have to have the specific ability is like quite near the start, so they don't have to repopulate all the enemies. And then each branch can be its own. It's just kind of the you know the retraversal part of a Metroid game. Like mm. you, t- you tend tend to have enemies hanging. Well, about. you tend to have like not necessarily branches, but just like little e- like power ups that are hidden behind a one specific power up thing that you can only do in that room. True, just like a, well. like a spider ball yeah. rail or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you can see it every time you go there, but then you can't actually do it until the until you eventually get that power up. Mm. But then it doesn't. It's not like that rail goes anywhere. It's just to do that one thing. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I don't know if it will be exactly like that. But I mean, you know, repopulating stormtroopers wouldn't necessarily be that surprising unless, you know, unless the story goes in a way where they blow up that entire goddamn operation, which does seem to be the intent of that mission that they've shown so far. Like, we've mm. got to stop them, them making the Wookiee slaves and mining everything, so we'll blow the shit up. Unless you then get like the unless that's part of it where the you overrun facility. Yeah, you get the, you get like the half destroyed facility version of that map. Yeah, <laughs> where the spiders have taken over. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe there's more of an emphasis on like once you've de- dealt with the stormtroopers, then you just have to deal with nature and those are Cause, all the bugs. Because right, Metroid does that, or maybe you level up enough where like the stuff that's in that area isn't, is, isn't a problem. Well, yeah. Or, for the most part. Or, yeah, and when you have to retraverse it, something else is... If the game wants you to retraverse it meaningfully, yeah, rather than just a power-up run, then it's like... Um, Sometimes something can be different. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, okay, yeah, I kind of have a thing. It's like once you've cleared the stormtroopers out of a place, it's like, they're, it's like yeah, they're, they're not coming back. <laughs> they totally can. Stormtroopers are so generic, you'd have an infinite number of them. I don't want to like go through a door and then turn around and go back through that. Well, door I'm sure it won't be that quick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what you could do on Metro Prime, right? You could go into an area, kill all, kill the fly things, go through a door, and then basically come back on yourself, and it's like, yep, they're all back. Well, the fly things had to exist for the light. <laughs> those ones. And the little bug things, those don't count. 
I'm not sure it did instantly repopulate. Oh, no, 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 you probably had to be like a couple or bigger rooms yeah. or bigger enemies. But you were you were fighting a lot of it, like pretty much everywhere you went. Well, yeah, like it's like oh, this is the room of the icy rhino things. I'm gonna fight those for a bit, and then I think those ones especially didn't respawn that quickly. The, those kind of bigger enemies. And that was definitely I mean, one. You got, you got the little ones. Well, yeah, that was definitely one that changed because, like, the f- mm. you had the bigger ones sometimes when you went through those areas, but then it, later on it was just like, oh, it's only the small ones now. Yeah, yeah, you've dealt, you've dealt with this problem. We'll make it easier for you. Yeah, so I don't know. I, no. I still still don't know about it. There are there are times where I look at that thing and go, hey, you know what, that looks all right. And then other times I look at it and go, nah, no, nah, it doesn't look it looks off. I, yeah, just totally undecided on it. Totally. And that 10 minutes of footage didn't really make that much of a difference. No. <laughs> I think that's just how I feel about Star Wars in general. <laughs> like, I just, Get ready for this over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I just, I just... I don't know whether to come away from it feeling happy or to be excited or any of that. I just, I just don't know anymore, man. <laughs> I mean, at least this game isn't taking place in the current of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> this is back in time from where we currently are in the films. True. <laughs> this is back when Star Wars was sort of a good-ish. It was in the period where Star Wars was okay. Well, it's... Not that I'm saying the game is good, but I'm saying that, that the, the Stormtrooper era is <laughs> just like, that's that's the bit of Star Wars that everyone can say is good. <laughs> I guess. It was just before the first trilogy, right? That's when this is just set. before the original trilogy, yeah. not the first trilogy. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I meant. Yeah. Not the prequels. They're 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 definitely stormtroopers and not clones, and it's definitely the Empire at this point. Proper Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Anything else going on? Well, the the other one bit of slightly slight news about stuff that happened post E3 was. The Pokemon company responded to people being disappointed about not all the Pokemon being in Pokemon and just said, yeah, that's not still that's still going to be the case. <laughs> yeah, as right. much as you complain, that's still our plan. This is all we budgeted to make. So yeah, shut it. yeah, pretty much. I mean, this was always going to happen eventually, right? It's like you can't sustain... Well, we, in some ways, we kind of always hoped it was going to, where they were going to be like, cut the cut this 700 down a bit and just like mm. focus on maybe making the game better and i guess that's what they're doing except they're not really necessarily making the game part <laughs> of the game better they're making the graphics part of the game better at this point it was always going to become a little unsustainable with that level of growth um i did see an excellent cosplay of the shield wolf <laughs> As you do. like the whole thing like like walking on all fours yeah it was, it was pretty good Something, that's something. <laughs> that's <laughs> vital. Something yeah, yeah. vital. Has anyone ever like cosplayed as the trash bag? The trash. Bag I would one. guarantee that someone has. <laughs> I really want to see that. <laughs> and it was probably sexy. <laughs> oh, no, not. I, I, that is a hundred percent what you would do if you were going to do that. <laughs> oh man! If you could then dress up the flies flying around your head somehow as well, like sexy flies around your sexy trash. Yep, probably. <laughs> oh, that's horrendous. Pile of swine. Sexy pile of swine. 
that might be quite kind of difficult. You're just being fervile. <laughs> it's like, honestly, it's sexy under there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't know what's under all this hair. <laughs> it's just boobs for days. It's a pile of swine. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's news then? Yeah, I guess. Boy. Post E3, no news. No, nothing, nothing really of note. Nothing I can really remember, in fairness. No. No Randy Pitchford news? No, it's been no quiet. Epic it's been news. quiet on the Epic slash Gearbox slash the CEOs of those companies front for is a that, while. Is the Epic sale still happening? Or did that yeah, I think it's carrying on into July. Because okay. they decided that they're just going to sort of leave that running, I guess. Forever. Not that the Steam one is, isn't short this time. It's still like a two-week sale. Mm. Plenty of time to ponder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of why it's weird in these modern Steam sales. Because like, if you don't have the daily flash deals or whatever, why does it even last that long? You just have people sit there and think about it for a long time. <laughs> it's, it's, that, it's that lingering temptation. Yeah, I guess. That would be the reason to do it like that even at this point I think the temptation it's mm. like I've been uh, I think I've I've mentioned to you before but I was trying to, like, I can't believe how expensive EverDrives for the Mega Drive are it's like I want one because so, cause, like one I don't, don't really want to pay, pay the uh, 50 odd quid for a uh, cartridge copy of Tanglewood why not <laughs> I mean it's, it's badass yeah but but for you know I could might as well load up load up a ROM cartridge if I've got like a <laughs> uh, you know put put Tanglewood on that and then yeah do stuff more conveniently. But those things are pricey, and I, I suppose they, that they should be in a way, yeah, like because of what they are and what you can do with them. But but like when you're talking like ninety quid for was it the X5, which is their sort of the middle of the range one, but it's the one you want really. Um. Yeah, that's quite a lot, and like the X7 is like nearly double that. If you if you really want to use it as a RAM saved cartridge for your Sega CD, <laughs> which most people don't, or if you like want the uh, FM chip synthesis, if you're running Master System games on it, <laughs> expensive. How much do you already spend on various things that allow it to even plug into your TV? In fairness, the OSSC was expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is technically multi-purpose, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that makes it slightly more valuable. It's, it's not just for the Mega Drive, yeah. It'd be for a lot of stuff. <coughs> so yeah, I was tempted by one of those. I thought I saw one going cheap on eBay, but it's gone up to Mega Bucks. Of course. It's like it, but it was cheap with like not a lot of time left. As always. And then everyone jumped on it. They're paying far too much money for that thing, as it turns out. <laughs> So, sucks to be you, eBayers. Oh, it's called the finished already. What? Is that the finish line right there? Or has that, that graphic always got the finish line right there? Yeah, I think it's it scales. Okay. <laughs> it was a quick day. <laughs> quick day at the races. Uh, games, I suppose. I suppose. Well, it's, it's fine, because, you know, Dan wouldn't have played anything, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe. Throw him under the bus for another week. Yeah, <laughs> this is what we do when he's not here. Yep, standard procedure. <laughs> oh, Dad, uh, you want to go? What are you playing? Well, I guess I do have some things to talk about for a change. Oh, like new new things. 
new thing. <laughs> well, obviously, we haven't even fucking talked about Cadence of Hyrule on a podcast yet. No, we haven't. Because it haven't. came out at E3. We did talk about it then. All right, I'm excited about this. Are you? Well, I haven't played it. Well, so, so I mean, not that excited. Well, and I haven't really read any, read anything about it. So, like, and I was, and, and I was kind of hyped leading up to it. So, well, yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's good. There's reasons to be hype. <laughs> it's okay. Review over. Yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> much. Moving on. Review over now for the nitpicking. <laughs> Standard procedure. It's good. It is good. I mean, if you've played Necrodancer, it's basically the same thing. Okay. Is it as intense as Necro? Well, no, it's the same thing, but easier. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, partially good. Yeah, because Necro Dancer is so hard. <laughs> but also, like, one of its sort of what I would call balance problems in Cadence of Hyrule is that it's easier partly because, well, there's several reasons, but one of the main reasons is that because you can go anywhere at any time, because it's following the like modern Link Between Worlds Zelda style, like you can do the dungeons in any order or whatever. Because it's doing that, all the music is essentially the same BPM, which kind of sucks. Oh, right, interesting. What? So, wait, sorry, run that by me again. Why is it all this exactly the same BPM? Because you can always... go anywhere at any time. Because it's doing the modern Link Between Worlds style. Gotcha. Do so, the dungeons in whatever order you happen across them, and you're not limited by Zelda item gating or whatever. Because they could have still had a fast dungeon. You could have got in there and been like, no, I'm not ready for well, this. Well, yeah, I, w- I was thinking that like the dungeons would be a chance to switch it up a bit, but they didn't really. I- I'm not sure if-, if it all is exactly the same. I wasn't paying enough attention. I f- well, I feel like the last, the last not really dungeon dungeon... I think that was faster, but, you know, that's the last one. You'd kind of expect that, I guess. Hmm. Pick it up a little bit. But it didn't seem, like, distinctly faster. Hmm. I mean, I guess you wouldn't want it to j- dramatically jump, because that was kind of the whole point of Necrodancer, the original, when, like, it gradually ramped up. And then by the time you got to floor four and it was hella quick, you were like, yeah, this is feels awesome, because I can actually sort of handle this, because I've learned how to play the game by this point. <laughs> Although our uh, recent video probably proves otherwise. <laughs> well, like, I think we were doing that bad. <laughs> I was bad. But yeah, like so there's, there's that sort of flatness to the difficulty curve. But also, the other, obviously, the other thing that makes it a lot easier is just the Zelda part of it, where you get heart containers <laughs> and you get health out of bushes. And like Necrodancer, where you get fuck all health ever. <laughs> yeah. Roguelike. <laughs> It's, I found it. It's almost got a weirdly like inverted difficulty curve, where it's like it's quite hard right at the start, where you only have free health and you're trying to work out what the fuck you're even doing, and you don't have like you have like a short sword and that's it. Mm. As soon as you start getting heart containers and any of the Zelda items and new weapons, it's like everything gets much much easier. Mm. You reach a point where you just never die ever again. <laughs> Although you can say that might have been true of like. Quite a lot of Zelda. Yeah, games, that really. is kind of a Zelda thing. <laughs> Thanks, Alexa. Thanks, Alexa. <laughs> but yeah, there's that, and then that's sort of compounded as well by they sort of half committed to the roguelike aspect of it. Like when you die, you drop all your rupees and keys, which are fairly irrelevant, hmm. and you drop any like what is like 
expendable equipment, which is like boots, rings, and then two other things that I've forgotten. Boots are consumable now? Yes, boots are consumable. They're they're like the Necrodancer equipment style, where it like gives you a little buff. Like okay. the, the rings of armor or whatever, and that, mm. or the dash ring and all those kind of things. Mm. Those are there again, but they... they Oh, it's torches are one of the other expendable ones. So like the Necrodancer torches. Right, gives you gotcha. an illumination radius dependent on various different things. Mm. But like those run out over time. Sometimes just straight over time, and sometimes with like if you're actually using that ability of the thing. So if you have a torch that only, only expires when you actually use it to burn something or whatever. Mm. But it also degrades over time, usually for torches. So those run out and you drop them when you die. But all the other Zelda items and your actual weapons, you keep when you die. So then you run into the other problem of the sort of crossover from Necrodancer, where as soon as you get any weapon that's not the short sword, you're never going to use any other weapon ever again, probably. <laughs> right. Because, all like, really, a spear. You get a spear and it's like, why would you ever use anything else? Yep. Because you have range. (laughs) There are a couple of enemies where it's slightly more annoying to deal with them with a spear, but not so much that I could be bothered to go into the menu and switch it. (laughs) (laughs) And there are like special weapons for each character. You get like a uber version of their base weapon, which isn't even the Master Sword for Link for some reason. (laughs) Weirdly. Is the Master Sword in the game at all? No, I don't think it is. Or is it like a super? No, well, maybe. Rare I guess I'm technically maybe there's a secret secret. Yeah, but yeah, you don't get the master sword. His special weapon is like a a long sword, basically. So it's also two range. So. Mm. Nice. <laughs> but you don't get a shield when you're using it because it's, it's two handed. What does the shield do? Reflects stuff. Oh, I see. So you can actually like, as, is that an action? You can like a button press to be like sort of move. Well, this is the other, this is the bit where. Particularly at the start, it, it's hard because you're trying to get used to the Necrodancer style run into things to fight them, but now mm. you're also having to think about actual buttons as well. Because in Necrodancer, you're pretty much, it's almost one handed. Yeah, yeah. You only move and then you mash into things to attack them. And the, the other abilities are combos. Yeah. But now you have, you still have that style of combat, but you also have. You know, the right shoulder button for shield, the left shoulder button for your other ability, which is character dependent. So with Link, it's the uh, spin attack. And then you have all the Zelda items on your other four buttons of your choosing as you equip them. So are those are those actions you do instead of moving? Mostly. There's a couple. Like, so if you get shield out, you're not like going shield and bunt them. Well, you? the shield is slightly different. Like, I don't think that you can like, pull it out and move at the same time and like if you're holding down the button you can just continue to move with the shield out Okay, but then you can't attack with that until later on where you get another ability that lets you also attack while holding the shield out Okay, and it uses stamina while you're holding I'm not sure if it's while every move while you're holding the shield or only when you block things but Hmm. you have a stamina bar as well which deflates when you're doing certain actions so basically there's a lot more there's actually more controls to figure out in this game, which is why it's hard at the start. Right, I see. Until you wrap your head around it. I don't necessarily I always thought Necrodancer could have potentially have done with just a button press to represent the uh combos if you wanted it. Yeah. I mean I think you can do that you if you pro- go and bind the controls. Yeah, but it probably should have just been that the default. I mean I kind of like the combos idea. 
Well, it meant I just always had to look at what it was rather than like, oh, sure. be like you know, if it was well, a it's bike. because it didn't always necessarily go in the same slot. Was the thing. Yeah, because if it was, you a had button, to actually look at it to see what which button it was on. If there was a nice color coded button, like from an Xbox pad or whatever, and be like, oh, I can just quickly glance and see that it's the yellow one. It's in my yellow slot. That's yes. fine. I mean, you could, you can fix that in that answer, I guess. But they wanted to represent its dance pad nature. <laughs> Yeah. You could theoretically play that game with a dance pad. That I mean, is a I'm, special I'm, mode for it. I mean, I'm, st- I'm still, I still think that's you know that's that's fine. Like keep that stuff, but just make it a little more accessible. But yeah, and so in general, it's relatively easier and has these like kind of what I would call balance problems. But you know, what's the funkiness level? Good. The remixes are pretty decent. Is it Danny Baranowski yep. again? Yep. Sweet. Doing his thing. I mean, he's definitely got a style, hasn't he? Well, it's not... I wouldn't have said in this case it's as recognisable as his style. Because, no? you know, it's Zelda music. And mm. it, I I guess for Zelda music, it's slightly like generally different instruments than he's used in the past. Okay, right. I don't know, there's just a certain way he constructs, like in in both Meat Boy and Necrodancer, like the way he constructs his melodies. Like there are, you know, sure, way. but that's where the Zelda is now. Yeah, <laughs> you just get the Zelda music melodies. But that's it. Like he's had living in that sort of way. You know? I mean, it does do some slightly different, you know, mix mix different remixes to it. Like like the Overworld Grassland theme is like a mix of two or three different Zelda songs. Like it cuts, it has the melodies of different parts. Okay. That's cool because that's quite easy to do with Zelda. And there's a couple a lot, of a lot of the stuff blends together very well. There's a couple of places where it where you get like riffs that are from Necrodancer songs instead. Oh, where it like transitions from a Zelda song into a Necrodancer song. Particularly yeah. like it's most noticeable in the tutorial right at the start, hmm. where it uses like the 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 song that you would recognize from Crypt and Necrodancer <laughs> and like the basic <laughs> basic like overworld Zelda music cuts back and forth in the melody that's cool yes it's quite nice so yes the music is good short pretty short there's only four dungeons so it's not like an eight dungeon like a normal zelda game right so not a huge amount of music then really like compare it to necrodancer which has quite a lot well necrodancer theoretically has 12 i guess right three per four well yeah until you get into the uh DLCs. Re- remix land. Yeah. Well, yeah, but those are the same songs technically, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, which I haven't. I've never actually toyed with the remixes to be honest, because it's just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna nail the game first. Yeah, you want to like... earn remix. Well, because the remixes are meant to be tied to the different characters in theory, oh, even though they? you can change your which character, change them per character anyway. Hmm. Well, I didn't realize they. Uh, does it do that for you automatically? Yeah, it's set up so that the different characters have the different remixes by uh, default but you can go into a menu and just change it okay well i never tried playing as the other characters really no it's just like I don't want to, you want to be good at the base I game want to learn how to play as cadence yeah <laughs> exactly but never could no but yeah that's more or less that i mean there's there is some kinds of secrets maybe there's one extra character beyond the original three that... is it my no but it, it's the bard, not quite. The random, some random other Cadence character. No, it's not from the Cadence. It's it's a Hillian character. Well, not Hillian, from Hyrule. <laughs> Linkle. 
but you get that that one that character is like the joke character, I guess. Lenkel. Because you only get one hit point. Oh. <laughs> Toad. <laughs> yeah, might as well be. hilarious toad noises but then weirdly like when you finish the game there's just leaderboards <laughs> oh because i guess it's a speedrunning game i guess yeah so it has a, a leaderboard for time spent and a leaderboard for how many actions you took hmm. so you know speedrunners can get in there interesting and if you want to you can set permadeath so you literally only you just die and die so that'd be cool games done quick next year then <laughs> or this whenever, year whenever it is yeah i mean it's currently happened or currently happening or just happened so it oh, might have it? got in there oh okay <laughs> i haven't actually seen it on youtube yet so no. they maybe haven't uploaded it yet but you know the tops score is already like 20 minutes hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know there's a few other options for like I said, permadeath. You can turn on. You can turn off the the rhythm matching if you want to. But who would play it like that? Oh sure, well, <laughs> bard style, basically. Yeah. But why would you do that? Just get good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, not even get good. Get average. <laughs> no, I see what it is because like it can, it can be an accessibility thing. Sure. Right. That's... I think the problem with it is though that it. After you miss like a certain number of beats in a row, it automatically pops up a message that says like you're having trouble. Do you want to turn on fixed beat mode? And I think that's a mistake. You shouldn't like right because just... people won't understand that that's the whole point of the game. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I, I think if you're coming coming into it, you probably realise what you're getting into, right? That's why. Do you though? I'm not sure. Because I feel like a lot of people are just coming into it being like, oh, it's a Zelda game. And then, just, I mean, I've seen YouTube videos of this happening. Oh, really? <laughs> and people just being like, why can't I move very quickly? And then the thing pops up and it's like, you want to turn on fixed beat mode? And then they just do and don't understand what the context of that is. And then uh, that's that. <laughs> huh. that's, that's disappointing. People don't read enough. They don't realize like, when that first tutorial message pops up, where it's like, "Now you have to move to the beat because there is there's enemies on screen," and they don't understand that that's the whole concept of the game. All right. Oh, it's because it, all right. So you think it's exacerbated by the uh, the fact that it's not beat driven when you're traversing. Yeah, it's only when there's enemies. And then it I mean, it, that does like, happen like immediately in the tutorial right you have the like one screen where you can move freely and then it pops up the, you go into a dungeon area and then there's a monster on screen it pops up a thing that says oh now there's monsters so fight to the rhythm mm. and then once you clear all that it's like oh the monsters are dead so now you're back to free movement <laughs> but it really doesn't take very many missed beats in the main game before that message pops up and it's like do you want to turn on fixed beat mode also it just says do you want to turn on fixed beat mode it doesn't really explicitly say what that does right yeah <laughs> which is another reason why people might not realize what that actually means because i think celeste actually does does a really good job of that because like it, assist mode exists and it has a lot of options for yeah. making the game easier but they but they put a little message in front of it saying hey we think the difficulty of this is is core to the experience mm. but we realize not everyone can di- can you know and i was about to say not everyone could deal with that not in a nasty way but in a kind of you know <laughs> yes. we, we understand this isn't for everyone so here you go, have some options. They sort of front load it a little bit with just like yeah. like we we want you to play with none of with with all of this turned off. But if you're struggling, go ahead, have fun. Yeah, I think it maybe um, needed to be more explicit about what that meant 
and like how it was making the game much much easier or different from the intended way to yeah, play that game. I think also easier. That but... that that one in particular, I think, yeah, that's that's it's kind of a big deal. I mean, not to us no. who are in the know, and yeah. are just like, no, I'm going to struggle through this bastard. And we knew what the fucking Nick about was before we even yeah, came yeah, to yeah, this. Yeah. And then there's also. In fairness, Nintendo did try. Right? They, there, yeah, there were they places tried. Like, oh, hey, by the way, Cadence is out. But if you want to see where this came from, yeah, and like, and Necrodots was on sale. Yeah, around yeah, yeah. the time they, they they tried to link it in. And then there's also the option for double speed mode, <laughs> which was not what I was hoping for because it the music stays the same. You just get two beats per beat, oh, okay. which actually makes it fucking impossible. <laughs> I'd be much. I think I'd be much better at it if the music was twice as fast, because then I'd still have the actual rhythm to stay with the music. God, that'd be a mess, though. Sure. <laughs> but trying to trying to actually just insert an extra beat per beat, I find well difficult. You'd have to play on the hi-hats as well as the... <laughs> Not every song is that way inclined. I mean, if they're swingy, then that would be a bit interesting. <laughs> right, if you're having to like play your beats to a swing... No, yeah, it's still rhythmic, but like, I can't do that. I don't think I, I think if it was just twice as fast, I'd do better. But actually, also, twice as fast is like too fast. Mm. Like, you don't, the whole, like, the general rhythm of that game, the rhythm that every song has, you don't think it's very, is like, it seems quite slow. And it's like, oh, this is nice. If you play Necrodaster, it's like, oh, this is nice and quite easy. And then you, you don't think doubling it is going to be that bad. But then you try it, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep up with this at all. Happy hardcore Zelda. You reckon they should probably should have done like um uh you, you know what they should they should have this is where the remix would have been interesting, right? All that element of it because they could have thrown in um uh like here is the B-side like Celeste does I suppose of the levels, but it's actually a different music track and it's just different tempo. Mm, yeah, I mean that would have made I mean and maybe different enemy layouts, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. The thing is I I haven't actually looked this up because it's kind of I don't want to spoil if there is any secrets or whatever. But I think there are different versions of the bosses, and I'm not sure what triggers that. Oh right, like a hard hard version of the boss, right? Because they see I've definitely seen images of their like they're a different color. Hmm. Oh, interesting. (laughs) I always used to love that about Res. Like a bit of a side, but this is what I immediately thought of. It's like the bosses weren't actually different, but they were harder. Mm. And the the only indication that you'd um, triggered it would be like if you were paying attention to the w- little data feed on the side of the screen, it would tell you in like, oh, you've you've got the mega boss, or you've got the giga boss. Like it would tell you which version was coming up if you were paying attention to the feed. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> I managed to I managed to earn the harder one. More points for me. <laughs> yes. And that's more or less it, I think. There's not mm. really anything else to that game. It's pretty much just the... I mean, the as they said, it is randomly generated. Like, the overworld is... Oh, right. So not everyone's playthrough will be the same. Yeah. The thing is, it's actually... I thought that was good. I didn't, didn't realise that. I thought it was all going to be kind of locked down. Well, it's actually, like, weirdly randomly generated. Like, the, the actual layout of the overworld, because it's... In the Zelda style, old Zelda style, it's like screens. Mm. Like you walk off the edge and then the screen scrolls. Yeah. And like the enemies contained within that screen, once you kill them, then you go into free move or whatever. Mm. So the like all the layout of the screens in the world are random. 
I mean, there's certain things that have to be vaguely in the same. Like Lake Hillier still has to have a river that goes down into the sea, and the sea yeah. has to still be on one edge of the map or whatever. <laughs> so there's some parts of semi set, but the general layout of those is random. And then the layout of the stuff in the screen can be slightly random, but I'm not sure like how random. Like the little raised plat- plateaus or whatever can be in slightly different places. And then, like, where you get the items is random as well. Like, everything that's... Like, oh, right, which, in which dungeon or which part of the map the, thing, the, the actual yeah. specific item. It just seems like every chest that's an item chest in the world is just pretty much just random. And then, at, okay, so like, the at the end of the dungeons, current. you get a chest that says, like, pick one of these free, and then, obviously, the other ones go back into the pool. So... That must really mess with the speed run, though, right? Well, I mean, it's seeded. Oh okay. oh, okay. So you can actually put specific yeah, seeds in. Yeah, you put a seed in. That's cool. And I did hear supposedly that there may theoretically be some seeds that are literally impossible. Like oh, they, really? they may have slightly fucked up their random generation where it can generate something <laughs> that's not actually doable. I wonder if, like, as people discover them, they'll add them to a blacklist. Yeah. Like, no, you can't have that one. Maybe fix that. Or, or like, impossible run. No, really. It's impossible. <laughs> Just put a little flag on screen so you won't win this. Yeah. Like impossible how? Like it's not possible to actually just reach certain areas or Yeah, I would assume it must be some kind of like layout where like it's slightly misaligned something that you need to tra- traverse it or something. Mm. Yeah, like the, oh, I mean there's a lot like of the item you need to get across the thing is over the thing. Yeah, I mean I guess if it's it that because of the seed, it would theoretically be possible to have that happen. For like one of the random items to never spawn on the place where you could get to it but you need that item to get to that item sure although there are a lot of like that's the other thing that's kind of interesting about that randomness is that there are like a lot of ways to deal with the same problem as well just from the zelda items like you can use the hook shot to like get over the river mm. like if you shoot the hook shot in a shot, shot at a tree on the other side and drag yourself across or you can use like the ice rod and it just makes a trail of ice across the water that's cool or you can get the flippers and just fucking swim <laughs> <laughs> nice so it's just like there's several different ways to do that yeah. depending on what item you find when and that applies to several of the different like layouts where there's different ways to deal with the same thing but then, of course, it, eventually, once you get a lot of the items, it's just like, which one of these do you actually prefer to use? <laughs> and then you just stick with that. Because <laughs> at the end, I just had, like, I uh, never changed what items I had on my button. It was just, like, arrows and bombs and ice rod, usually, for the f- third one. <laughs> but, yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Yep, it's pretty decent. Decent. And, yeah, not too expensive for its length, I think. Was it what fifteen ish quid? I think it's it? twenty. Oh, okay. It's a quality budget pro- title, but a quality budget title. Yes. It's not really that budget for an indie game, but you know. well, no, but it's a Nintendo. It's indie. a Nindie. It's, it's a very fancy indie game. Yeah. It's a very official, <laughs> official indie game. <laughs> it's quite polished then. For yeah. That's always the that's always the worry, isn't it? You know, Nintendo polish everything to such a degree that it's like well, if they start handing things out to other devs, you kind of want to make sure that okay, even the games that aren't very good, like Star Fox, mm. um, Star Fox Zero specifically, like they are kind of nice. They have polished. They, yeah, they they, they they work. Yeah, they work. <laughs> Definitely no bugs. Really, yeah, not really. Yeah. So cool. Yes. Next, please. Well, and then the other new-ish, well, not really thing that I played on the Switch. 
on the switch they put they i thought i was wondering if they were gonna and they they did eventually put up a demo for dragon quest builders 2 because i remember i played the first one demo yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, i saw the demo for that one. so i was like oh i I guess i should go look at the second one's demo as well why not Mm. see what's up and that demo is fucking terrible (laughs) (laughs) really compared to the first one especially the demo of two is crap what you mean in terms of what it gives you or what yeah, or, basically. or that the game itself looks... no i mean the game appears to be like well i mean exactly the same but better graphics i guess it looks looks a bit better with lighting and stuff now okay but essentially exactly the same game from what i could tell except it doesn't fucking tell you <laughs> that demo contains virtually nothing it doesn't even like the first game's demo it got deep quite deep into like uh building the rooms and like how the how you put different items inside the room and it changes the room's function and then that changes what the npcs can do in that room and what you get from that room sure and like how to build your town and then like the like enemy wave defense thing that happens during some nights and then it also just had like quite well not that large but a fairly large area you could wander around in with like different enemies and there was if you wanted to you could go and fight a dragon because the one existed in there right yeah oh yeah yeah i remember you saying but it just wouldn't progress past yeah that. yeah there's no progression to it yeah but then the, the second one there you barely build a room it says like put build build this wall two blocks high fill in these fill in these holes in this wall to turn this into a room and then doesn't go into the whole system of rooms at all right and there's like there's nothing on this island that you're on like the only enemy that ever spawns is like a couple of slimes and everywhere else is just barren and there's no reason to pick anything up because you're not actually able to do build anything in this demo (laughs) it's just like it's so terrible compared to the first game's demo (laughs) i wonder if they've got some like analytics that tells them like how many people played the first game's demo and then never played the second one and they were like oh we were too <laughs> we need to hook those people by making our demo say shit they'll have to play the real game yeah they're, they're, we were too generous last time they got their fill <laughs> maybe the other trouble i think i don't know if this was part of their analytics or whatever but they maybe there's a point where you when you get through like the tiny little bit of a quest that it tries to send you on where it's like after you've built your little not really a base base it's like go up this mountain and and then follow this blueprint to repair this temple which is i guess is the other slightly new thing that it does show the blueprint system Mm. uh and you do that and then like the spirit guy is like oh break down this wall and you'll discover what the reward is or not really a reward you'll discover something cool you go back there and there's a notice board and the notice board is basically like the I, I guess you sort of compare it to the Miiverse or whatever. It's a place where people can upload their screenshots directly from the game. And I wonder if that was what they were hoping would be the hook. Like, you'd look at that and you'd see all the other cool shit people are making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I like, it. you don't have to put that in the demo because everyone else will do your advertising for you. <laughs> hey, we put the Miiverse in this kind of thing. Share, share with your friends. Like, look at all this cool shit you could make if you buy the actual game. Yeah. But it's just like that's not that's not a cool way of doing that in the context of this demo. Now I wonder if they're trying. They're 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 probably like got some psychologist somewhere saying like, hey, this is why people want Fortnite skins because <laughs> they see people wearing it and like, oh, I want it. Sure, but I don't think it works when it's just like here's a notice board of JPEGs. <laughs> You have to let people actually do some cool things in the demo. Yeah. 
so what is the demo's hook i guess is what you mean it's like if they're if they're saying like that this short demo is like well we've got to hook them in so they have to buy the thing it's like it sounds like the demo doesn't have the hook yeah and it doesn't really explain what the game is about like as i said like the first one's demo went way more into how like the town and room building stuff worked and mm. why it was important and this just doesn't even really mention it it just says, "Oh, you build a you built a room, and that's it." <laughs> I think they're just banking on good word from the first. I mean, I guess. I mean, you know just that the, it's because it's a two. There's a certain amount of people already know what this is about. So, and Builders One does have some pretty, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Let's go. Let's say ravenous yeah. fans. It's like you know, the one. Uh, it's it's one of those games where it's like it might not have the biggest crew of of fans, but those that are in are really in. Yeah, it's one of those. The thing is that, like, even just from that island in the demo, I there was a when I went and explored the vast emptiness, <laughs> or not that vast, <laughs> the, the mostly emptiness of it. I was like, there are a couple of like hints of well, it's like hints of things that might happen because I think the whole idea of this island that you start on is it's meant to be like your home base because right at the end, it's like you find a you get a a random ship docks at the edge of the island and you go and talk to the captain. He's like, oh, I'll take you, I'll take you to all the other islands and then you can go there to get stuff, presumably, and people. So I think the idea is this, this island is meant to be sort of the hub that you're meant to build your base on hmm. right at the start. And it's quite desolate, but some of the text that the, of the people talking seem to suggest that maybe you can like, br- like bring this island back to life. And I found like what looks like a sort of dried up riverbed that leads up to a wall that you can dig into. And then behind that wall, there was some water, but not really in a way that would have worked as a river. If you see what I mean, I'm like, maybe it's like, maybe there's a quest at some point where you can trigger that and it actually changes the island permanently. Right. I see. Maybe. Stuff comes out of the water. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like, it, it, theoretically, maybe that happens, but who knows? <laughs> I mean, maybe not. Maybe, like, the, the eye. Maybe it's an eye. Maybe that is just meant demo. to. Or, well, I don't know, maybe. But that would be even weirder because <laughs> they never said that either. And also, as soon as you get to that island, it's like the, a pop up comes up which says, no progress you make after this point will be saved into the full game. <laughs> which is then why even save at all? Because up to that point, you've only done a very basic tutorial. <laughs> like, how long are we talking here? What, like twenty minutes max? Like, it's probably well, it's probably like twenty minutes to get to that island because the actual tutorial tutorial is quite slow. There's a lot right, of talking. Okay. <laughs> but then once you get to the island, it's probably like twenty more minutes of actual work to mm. finish the one quest that it has. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've played demos like even back in the heyday of demos that are like you know a minute long to play. Sure. But, like, I'm struggling to think of a decent example. But some of those, like, early demos, you're just like, man, this is the best one minute I've, I've played in a long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go play this a billion times. Yes. Like, when what was it the Wipeout 2097 demo for PC was out? It's like, the amount of times I played that one track and just did that thing, because it's like, oh my gosh, look how pretty this looks on 3DFX. Yeah. This is like, wow, this is lovely. I can make these vapor trails or whatever that comes out the back of them really long. Yeah, I guess arguably that's a different situation. That's a, that's a more of a tech demo than a demo demo. Sure. You were, you were there for it looking cool, not necessarily for the gameplay. But screen, the gameplay was also good. A Screamer 2 demo I played loads before we eventually got the actual game. Sure. Also, back then, we weren't people with money. No, true. <laughs> so there was a reason that we played demos a lot. We're somewhat easily pleased 
kids, I guess, as well. Your standards do... The requirement for a decent game does appear to go up over the years. Yes. I don't know if I've played a good demo in a long time. Good demos don't exist any longer. Yeah. Or that when you know when they happen, I sort of look at it and go, "Yeah, you know what? Nah, it's I mean, going to take me longer to download than I'm going to have fun with it." You have to. In reality, if if you define things a certain way, then early access is the new demo, but you're still paying for that. So True. <laughs> not really. Yeah, paid demos. I mean, there have been. I guess. I mean, Factorio has an explicit demo. Oh, does it? Kip has played it. That's why he was slightly right. interested for a minute. Oh, oh you, you mean he, did, he never went in? No, he never did. Oh, okay. In the end. Kip has lies. Yeah. <laughs> I think I may, maybe I actually scared him off when I showed him all my shit. Oh, right. Because so he played the demo and he was like, oh, I'm kind of interested. And I was like, here, let me run a stream and I'll, I'll show you around a few of my bases. And then oh. he was like, wow, you really have to build all that shit. And I was like, well, not really. That's just how I do it. Yeah. And then he never said anything again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe I showed him too much. This is how deep the rabbit hole goes. But yeah, that's that is an explicit demo, I guess. He took the red. Which one is it? The red. Pill? <laughs> yes, red pill is how deep the rabbit hole goes. Oh wait, and blue pillars. You go back to go wake up in your bed. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot which way round it was. I'm pretty sure that's right. Who knows? I can't remember. It's been a long time since we last watched the Matrix. Yeah. Maybe it's time to watch The Matrix. Well, Dan said that last podcast, didn't he? Or not on the podcast. Last time he was here for the podcast. Yeah. I think he actually said, let's watch The Matrix again. It might be time. <laughs> it might be. It might be time. Do a marathon. All yeah, three in a row. all three. It's a better marathon than Star Wars. It's a much shorter marathon than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it a better marathon? I don't know. I find Star Wars. I think I'd find Star Wars hard to marathon compared to the Matrix. Well, if you're talking about all of the Star Wars now, oh, well, I mean, like the main yeah, nine, yeah, no, I know, but but even just the, the original the, three, the proper trilogy. Like, I reckon I'd have a hard time with that. I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe. I, I don't know. Or, or would you get fatigued by the Matrix's just fightiness? Mm. Would its style just get a bit much? Well, there's a lot of talking as well. Talking. They break up the fighting quite a lot. I suppose there are, like, most scenes don't last very long in Star Wars before it wipes to something yeah, else. Yeah, that is what Star Wars does. Get a wipe going. <laughs> I had a great wipe. <laughs> so Dragon Quest Builders 2 demo is bad. Is bad. It's explicitly a bad demo. But the game is probably fine. I'm trying to think, have you ever played a demo where the... I'm trying to think, what was the last demo you played where you came away thinking this was awful, and then, like, the game actually turned out to be great? Oh, man. Even trying to remember what demos we've played yeah, I know. is the first problem with that. Nope. No. <laughs> even trying to think of a demo I played. Probably stuff back in the PlayStation day, I reckon. Like, where, like... Yeah. You know, uh, there's definitely been stuff the other way around where the demo's actually been really good, but it's the best bit of the game. Mm. And then you get the real thing, and it's like, oh, that's 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 garbage. Yeah, like I, I I've been suckered here. Pretty sure that's happened to me a few times. Probably. So I think that's it for new stuff. Probably. Okay, quick run through your regulars then. Yeah. 
I mean, I just continued with Factorio space explorationing because I got to the actual space part of that now. Oh, you mean your mod? <laughs> yes, the mod for, for Factorio space mm. exploration. Or mod pack, I guess. Mm. But I got to the actual space part of that now, which is kind of... I mean, I, I think I said it last time when we were talking about this, but I like it's I, it feels like it's intended for much larger scale building than even I do. Oh, really? Like me, real mega base scale. Hmm. So when I eventually, because so I built up my base to build the rocket, which I think was where, where I got to the last time we talked about it. Like I just built yeah. the rocket and hadn't really gone gone into the space stuff. And initially, you launch into orbit. Because there's basically some free stuff up there that it spawns. Like it spawns like a little mini platform with a few bits of of like space science stuff on it. And then you can use you can use that to do the initial sort of cheap space science. I was about to take the Mickey out of space science, but then I remembered oh rocket science is actually a, like the name of things. <laughs> yes. Space science is probably actually pretty I mean it's not astronomy or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's the type of science pack is what we're talking about. It's the space science science pack, which technically you don't have to make in space, which is why that one's slightly mislabeled now. Because in Base Factory, you get the space science pack from space. Like when you launch the rocket, you get space science, okay. which you can then use to do research to get you advanced technology. But in this one, the space science pack is only one. It's like the first stage of space science because there's now more advanced space science packs right. after that. So you got entry level space science. Yeah, which you. So there's some of that that you get for free on this little initial starter platform that lets you do some basic space research. Space science for dummies. Yes. <laughs> get a yellow book handed. <laughs> Pretty much. But then, then I was like, okay, so what do I actually want to do in space? Because this orbital platform is, you know, kind of air. I don't know. What what else could I? Also, the main thing that stopped me at that point was the the actual building the orbital platform pieces, like the tiles that you build everything else on, is really super expensive, like per tile, which I guess makes sense, kind of, hmm. as a gating mechanism to constrict your amount of space you have in space, okay. <laughs> where you theoretically have infinite space, or not that you don't have infinite space in every map in fact or over. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what can I do with space that would be profitable i suppose at this point so i looked at all the other planets in this in the in the system i was in that i'd scanned because i'd launched enough satellites to scan everything in my home solar system basically and a few things outside which is when i knew that i'd scanned everything in my home system because <laughs> it's like oh it's now it's starting to scan a completely different solar system and that's not i'm not even going to think about that at this point yeah i'll just let it do its thing it's fine <laughs> Well, you ha you have to every time you launch a satellite rocket, it scans one more thing. So it's not even like a passive thing. You actually have to expend resources and right, launch another satellite okay. to discover the next thing. But yeah, once I scanned everything in my home system, I was like, okay, what can I what can I reasonably do here? And it happened that one of the moons of my home planet had like zero percent life readings, which basically means no enemies spawn. Nice. Unlike everything else in the solar system, right. where apparently those apparently the enemies on this planet are really good at space travel because they're everywhere <laughs> but i mean that's... they got to earth somehow right well i guess not earth but yes or whatever you yes the planet you're on yeah but they're on all the planets and all the solar systems as well obviously but that's just how you know that's how this was going to work in a factorio mod sure yeah but yeah there was one sure, of sure of them somehow creating different races. yeah making a whole new set of enemies or whatever Turn, turns into sportorio yeah but there was so this one moon had no enemies and i was like 
the resource density isn't great apart from for coal. So I was like, okay, I can go there and use the coal to make like plastic and oil products because there's a way to turn coal into oil essentially. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I can use that planet to basically be like the, my main production for plastic and like sulfur and fuel blocks and all that stuff. And then maybe launch it in a rocket back to wherever else I need that stuff. Mm. So I went there and built a whole nother base which is which was nice because it's like when there's no enemies, you don't have to worry about defense. You just build wherever, and it doesn't matter. Hmm. And also because again, the other reason why I was I was thinking about using the coal to turn into oil is like that normally is quite a pollution intensive process. But there's no enemies, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> you can just waste this planet. Yeah, I can just dump pollution all over the damn place. Use <laughs> all the most polluting techniques to extract as much resources as I can from this not very resource rich planet moon and i was like okay that sounds like a good idea is it like a um a flashpoint for pollution like where it like can get so bad that like it actually inhibits you like, no not really it's just 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 a general just the badness right yeah just make to a point well i mean the enemies evolve over time depending on how much pollution you make mm. so if you make more pollution faster they evolve quicker but that's like only a one-time thing really mm. and that's just a progress thing you, your technology, in theory, keeps up with their evolution anyway. Right. So it's not actually that bad. But yeah, so I went to that moon, built a super polluting base and started shipping plastic and sulfur and stuff. It's actually, this was where I was like, this is where we're getting into the actual space exploration mod, where it's like, this is how does this work? And it's actually kind of cool. Like you can set up, you build the rocket silo on the planet and it has like a launch condition where it's like if the rocket is full then launch or if it gets a green signal then launch mm. and then you can build a landing pad at the other end and name it so it has a target to deliver the stuff to so you, and then you have a special building that can transmit the signal between the two places so i set it up so on like my main base on the landing pad it has a sensor that detects when the storage for like plastic and sulfur is getting low and it automatically fills up the rocket in proportion to the amount of each of the different resources so it fills up the rocket correctly not just with everything it can and then once that rocket's full it just launches it and dumps it into my storage so it's like that planet is now almost fully you know automatic i don't really have to go back there mm. apart from to move mines around i guess again the factorio problem you're right. forever having to move mines around because the resource patches are running out <laughs> and the main uh there is like an infinite type of mine which is another thing i did on this no no enemy planet because then you get the core miner where you just mine infinitely into the core of the planet hmm. for massive pollution unsurprisingly of course but i was like well i can do that and also massive power usage but i was just like i'll just build like two nuclear power stations and then that'll be that hmm. we'll just run those forever so theoretically theoretically that base will be infinitely sustainable just very very slowly hmm. like the tiny amount of resources coming out of the core miner will theoretically be able to produce another rocket at some point but it would be much quicker just to go back there and <laughs> build an actual another rocket i mean iron mine or whatever hmm. so i did so that so the core mining is actually really slow as well yeah it doesn't really produce that much resources and it also produces mainly the main resource of that planet so it just produces more coal than anything else on that planet mm. of course because that's the planet with the coal <laughs> so i did that and then i was like okay i've done that part now let's actually try and build something in space i guess because i need to do this actual space science that you can't not do in space you actually have to build there's a whole set of specific space factories and stuff that you can only build in space and they don't, and they only make stuff for space 
So it's like, okay, I mean, I guess now I've got this secondary source of plastic, that solves one of my resource bottlenecks because my original base didn't really have that great oil access. So I launched out toward the asteroid belt. Also, I chose the asteroid belt rather than the orbit because asteroid belts have some amount of actual resources on them, okay. like iron and copper and stuff. So it's like, I, I can mine some of that locally instead of having to ship everything in rockets. And then I started building the big-ass space platform I'd need to even do any space science. And then that was for, as far as I got, because it's like, this is really quite a lot of resources. Hmm. This is, even with my slightly upgraded main base, I was like, this is going to take a long time to make all the bit, make all the tiles of platform I need to put the stuff on. Because also all the space factories are extremely large as well, <laughs> just to be even more inconvenient. <laughs> so much space in space. Mm-hmm. Because they can be. Because uh, the other reason I originally was trying to build in the asteroid belt was because I thought I could build on the asteroids. I was like, oh yeah, that will save uh, me a lot of resources. Right. But there's not actually that much space on those asteroids, really. I think they maybe could have t- turned that up a bit. And when they say asteroid belt, they really mean it. Like, there's literally only asteroids in a sort of line along the middle of the level. And if you explore <laughs> up or down, there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't seem to be scaled as well as much as I'd like. I was hoping the asteroid belt would actually, you know, be quite populated with asteroids. Although I guess realistically, the real asteroid belt isn't that populated with asteroids in real life. But it probably wouldn't be as a, such a thin strip. Well, mate, yeah, I guess. Although arguably, you want things in a straight line in Factorio anyway. If you're going to build like a line of belts across them, linking between asteroids or whatever be kind of inconvenient to have to like angle things between stuff diagonally so there's that and then you know i even started playing another mod just momentarily mainly because it was a mod that previously before i upgraded the ram in my system when i tried to load this mod it overloaded the ram and the game crashed (laughs) so i I tried this other mod again and it's like oh now it loads i can look at this except it didn't even use like as much RAM as it theoretically did before. <laughs> like, I was looking at my RAM bar, it's like, it's not even using half my RAM, which would have been my whole RAM previously. Hmm. So maybe the actual mod got better as well, Possibly. in the meantime. Yeah, optimised in some way. Yeah. So there's that. And then Rocket League, I guess. Yeah. Not a huge amount to say about Rocket League at the moment. I don't think. No. Like, you know, summer, yeah, they're doing their thing. summer event. Yeah. Very long summer event. Yeah. And I'm really hoping they don't erase all your cassettes at the end of the first second. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope that they keep that. Because presumably you've maxed everything out, right? Other than the levelling. Yes. Yes. The infinite levels. So I've got like fucking 2,000 cassettes just hanging around. We'll find out tomorrow, I guess. By the time this podcast is out, everyone else will know. Yep, I guess so. Get those cassettes. Because I wouldn't put it past them to have like... It was cassettes for the first section and... VHSs for the second or whatever. No, oh, I see. <laughs> Make up some of that 80s droppable item. I suppose the CD was actually created in the 80s, right? <laughs> but yeah, maybe it'll be a progression. Well, we'll I go... guess it only popularised in the 90s. Start with cassette and end with CD. Yeah. Don't really associate the CD with the 80s. No. Apart from laser discs. Unless you've played World in no, Conflict. No, probably 90s as well, right? <laughs> laser discs. Yeah. And they must be 90s. Probably. Uh, Betamax. Well, yes, that <laughs> would use those as well. You're gonna... Eight tracks. Yeah, that would be the that must be the middle step, right? Yeah. See, there you go cassette, eight track, and then CD. 
vinyl. Just, just, just have a vinyl anyway. Like, mm, yeah, maybe. Neons. And what did you play? I played some stuff. Did you? I did. I um. Oh, I've got some 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 brief men. I've got quite a lot of brief mentions and one one major one. Really. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. I went back to some Black Ops. Um, <laughs> Is it pay to win now? That's why here. Oh no, no, that stuff hadn't landed <laughs> when, when I went and played it. Um, uh, I went, I went back and tried to just just play a little bit more of the multiplayer, having basically given up on Blackout and yeah. zombies, um, uh, and had my first experience of some properly ropey connections mm. and some, uh, you know, didn't didn't have a good time of it at all. Um, actually, it was just just didn't seem like it was behaving itself at all. I think like. It's compounded by the fact that the presentation for that game, like the menus and how that works on the original Xbox is just so bad and so slow. <laughs> right. It's like, I remember the original Call of Duty games and it's like, they were always fairly bare bones in their menus and things like that. You just thought they'd just be a menu item, you'd click it and it would just hard cut to the next menu, but they were fast. Yeah. You could get around it pretty fast. And like you just can't now. Like the game spends ages like hovering on some option. I don't even know if I have control or not, or if I've clicked the thing. It's like it's super unresponsive, and it's just bad. Hmm. Like and so like I, I don't really expect that from a COD game. And it's like I don't know. While while whilst when it's working, I do think the shooting is some of the best stuff it's been. The stuff around the edges this time just feels kind of. Well, there's a, you know that's a, that whole game really, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like they it's didn't going, really make a full package, kind of. No, it's it's it is going downhill. I think like I've I've got a copy of Infinite Warfare behind me to play because I actually do want to play the campaign on that. I don't care about anything else in that. I actually just want to see what the campaign's like. Mm. Um, uh, you know, the French robot. <laughs> <laughs> Most important. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, bit of that. I don't really know what else to really talk about. I got involved with the Overwatch event to get hold of Baptiste. Still, no, there's nothing really new there. Like I've talked about Baptiste before. Hmm. Like um, the event was just like, hey, win nine games, you get a skin. <laughs> okay. Um, Overwatch is still fantastic fun, though. I still love it to death. Um, be nice to have some more players. Hint, hint. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, Rocket League. We already talked about. That's just cut to cut to the chase here that's the thing i've been I started basically yeah yakuza kiwami okay started playing that um uh, i thought hey like you know judgment has just come out and that's supposedly a decent starting point for new yakuza players because it's like a spin-off right but then i thought no i'm gonna do this <laughs> properly You'll be hardcore. Play, yeah. play it in the original order. I want to see what the I want to see what the whole the whole thing is like. Yeah, you know, how did people get into this? So Kiwami is the remake of the very first. Just, one. just imagine if you'd done that for say like Devil May Cry, for example. Oh god, yeah. If I'd have done it with Devil, well, no, I ha- I had played the original back in the day. Yeah. Um, and kind then of. and then fell off it until DMC, and then and then went back to four. Yes. Went back to nearly not nearly as bad as the original three. Yeah, <laughs> you went back to the the highly refined version of that <laughs> set, supposedly. Although Devil May Cry Five is still kind of on my to do list because sure. everyone says it's really good, but I don't trust everyone. No, not after extent. that. Um, yeah, so this is uh, the first Yakuza was like a PS2 game, yeah. I think, and it does 
sort of show. Mm. You know, there's there's elements of the presentation and elements of how that game works where it's just like, okay, right, yeah, this is this is kind of an old school game because at its core, like it's a RPG brawler, mm. I suppose is the way to describe it. The combat is is. <laughs> I hesitate to to, to to mention even utter its name. A little bit freedom forcey. Yep. Right. You know, it's a, it's a it's a it's the two D beat 'em up, a tr- trying to be a three D beat 'em up, but and has a few problems along the way. Like it's mostly fine. Like I don't know, the, it's 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 pretty fast. It's like you've got four styles to pick from. Uh, you know, that change how how fast you act and how what move set you've got and. Um, the various things that kind of stuff is fine where where I, I, it falls down i think is like crowd control it makes that stuff kind of difficult like mm. like most brawlers do like it doesn't have before the invention of counters yeah it doesn't, well, it doesn't <laughs> yeah it doesn't really have counters it does it's not not that i have them maybe it comes yeah, maybe does come later um but it, does, it doesn't really i mean it has a blocking system you know you can block some hits you've got a dodge which i really struggle with directionally mm. like dodging in the right direction is kind of a I, I kind of have a problem. Uh, uh, it, it very specifically has that thing actually where m- multiple enemies can attack you at once, but in this case, it doesn't ne- never seems like a bad thing, right? Like it's just because of the, something about the setting and because it is kind of a mob fight most of the time. It's like, oh no, that would totally happen. Yeah, that, that looked right. Like I've been grabbed and there's a guy, and then another guy comes up to punch you in the gut. That kind of stuff. It's like it all kind of. There's a believability to to the ridiculousness of it, right? Which, which I don't, I, you know, as you're swinging around a bicycle and hitting people over the head with it, it's like there's a certain amount of yeah, you know what? I, I get, I, I can see that yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Uh, it's it has problems, but it's uh, and there's there's actually quite a lot I don't understand about the combat system yet, right? Like why, like certain enemies will not just block attacks, but they'll for some reason have armor. To certain attacks so you think you'll get in on, on a moment to attack and it'll like flash and they'll they'll have armored that hit for some reason hmm. and uh, most of the time you come across what the game describes as powerful enemies they can have a sort of random set of these traits so most bosses i suppose you'll fight most powerful enemies will behave differently and will have slightly different traits and so there's a certain amount of like oh i've got to figure out what I can and can't do against this guy, or what style is actually more effective against this guy? Yeah, it does sound just like a me- mechanism to force you to actually use the, all the different things to, to, an, <laughs> to an extent. I mean, as far as the styles are concerned, the game actually does something which I think is genius. Like at the start of the game, it puts you back and and it it starts in like 1995, <laughs> which is what, what? How many years is that relevant to the it's actual? Like, game? It's like ten years. Okay, ten years before before the game actually <laughs> came out, I think. So it's, and I kind of wish the game stayed in that time period, but it doesn't. Right. It, it, eventually, you get a ten year time skip to 2005. Yeah, which is still kind of retro at this point because everyone's using old cell phones. Yeah, I guess. Um, but I kind of wish it stayed in 95 because it, it was it was kind of cool. Um. That was the game changes very much during its time skip because sure. you know, cause, you know it, would take, it would yeah it would take an effort to make, but it, it, it there was I mean it starts off with you being with Kiryu the main character being like a super badass as you do like it do, it does the Metroid thing right where it gives you, it gives you everything yeah um, uh, that you can possibly do so you're having you're having these great it's teaching the mechanics whilst you've got every power and so you're breezing through these things it feels really cool. Um, 
Uh, but one of the styles, the Dragon of Dojima style, is is your most effective one. It's fully trained up, so you use that throughout this opening segment. Um, and then the time skip happens, but because time has passed, Kiryu gets weak. <laughs> For some reason. And this Dragon of Dojima style, style particularly suffers as a result of that. Right. So at the moment, I can't really use it. Like, his trademark has has withered so much he can't fight in that style anymore i mean i can but it's rubbish mm. so it's actually like it's it's done that odd thing i i, I kind of love it because it's like oh your mechanics have told the story not that there isn't a lot of storytelling <laughs> yeah because there's a ton of it it's like it's it's like it, it is 50 it's, it does the kojima thing a little bit it's 50 percent cutscene, mm. but i kind of dig it like it's Japanese soap opera kind of like quality stuff, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm, 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 I really, I really dig it. It does that sort of like Japanese thing fairly early on, where like one one character who's like a like a uh, a family boss or something is actually kind of a bit of a goofball, and is going to eventually be your rival ish sort of character. But he's very happy about it, <laughs> so he's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to our fight. <laughs> you know, it does that kind of craziness, and uh, it, it's 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 not afraid to sort of poke fun a little bit at Japanese culture. Like, so one of like the characters getting confused about your motivations, and, and assuming you're going to a strip club quite a lot, and being like super <laughs> excited about it. And it's like, no, no, I'm doing this other thing, and they're like, yeah, yeah, of course you are. Mm. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of that, and it's I don't know, I, I'm I. I I dig its tone quite a lot. Like it's there's something nice about the old school flavor to it because the music's all kind of of that era as well. Like kind of like that odd sort of I don't know how to describe it, like Japanese like dance music that's just that little bit odd that you don't really see in games anymore. It's just like of like Sega games of that time, right? That kind of musical style. It's full. It's full of that, and it's. I kind of love it. <laughs> I have to say, it's got problems, but I kind of love it. I kind of like it as well. That it's, like maybe this is a Kiwami thing, but it's it's pretty generous in the, um, or forgiving, I guess is the word. So it's so whilst there are game over states, like if you die and stuff like that, pretty much at, at, at any fight you can be like, hey, do you want to try again? Yeah, I can try again, which is slightly at odds with, and it'll like replenish your health. It will give you back any items you used the first time you fought. Hmm. So it's quite nice that way, but it kind of negates the game's like whole, like oh, after a fight you keep you don't re you don't regen health, so you're supposed to go and go get some food. Yeah, that definitely does sound like a a remake thing. Yeah, they added to make it more bearable for modern gamers. Yeah, you're supposed <laughs> to go. You're supposed to go get some food. You're supposed to have a bit of a meal to replenish your health and stuff like that. But you know, it doesn't really matter because if you die in the middle of a fight, it's like, oh, just hit try again and I'll get it all back. <laughs> so you don't really need to eat. But uh, it's got some sort of strange throwback things. Like in the middle of a fight, I can just stop. I can go to the menu and go like, I'm going to have some ramen right now. <laughs> Classic. Get some of my health back immediately. And and the game actually actively encourages, yeah, just burn your items during a fight. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like it's like just you've got, got a tough fight coming up yeah make sure you've got a lot of ramen <laughs> like it's, it's fine and i, and I kind of like the stupidity of it like it's it, it's it it's not ashamed of it it just just leans into it it's not a sim 
no, clearly. It's great. I'm loving it. It's, it looks like it'll be relatively long. <laughs> I'm so, sure. So, so we'll see. Like, I had my doubts at first, because it seems like it cracks through the chapters pretty fast, but it's... Hmm. It's, just, it's just little things all over the... When you get an objective, instead of it just like putting up a little marker somewhere on the screen saying... Uh, this is what you're next supposed to do, and then you know, fading away. No, huge, massive letters in that sort of Japanese kung fu font just fill the screen, and it says, "Go to the bar." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yes, I know what I'm doing right now." Okay, <laughs> love it. <laughs> it's really cool, and you know, the, 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 as, as we mentioned last time, the Japanophile in me is <laughs> sort of sitting there going. This is a pretty cool representation. Like Camarocho is obviously a fictional district, but it's well, I think it is. But it's it, you know, it sort of has that that vibe that I took away from Tokyo, and it's like, yeah, that, this is cool. This is cool. So Yakuza Kawami, I'll be playing that for a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, and then subsequently even more. Yeah, like because Kawami Two is out now as well, so I've got that I can play, and maybe they'll do all of them in Kawami, so I never actually have to. <laughs> you don't have to suffer the original versions. <laughs> well, I'm, I, yeah, so the question is like, do do you go through the series at this point, or do you like play a couple and then like how how well can you jump? Well, I guess maybe when like, you finish Zero, is supposed to be fairly good on its own. Maybe when you finish this one and have some idea of what like the overarching stories might be, maybe it'll be like how invested are you in this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can can you play the first one and then jump to six, for instance, or like, or does six only work if you're if you're familiar with what's happened up to that point? Yeah, because I heard that about Zero as well. That Zero has a lot of nods to the rest of the series, mm. even though that came out what after, after five, I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Um, but it has a lot of nods to what went on in the storyline, even though it's a prequel. Well, I mean, that, um, that's that makes sense though. When you, it's it's like future nods. Yeah, you're nodding to what's going to happen. But it's already happened in real life. Yeah, it's like, hey, we know about this, don't you? Don't you know? You know, don't you? Yeah, we know too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, 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 I'm, so I'm liking it. I'd, like, I went to Club Sega because, you know, Club... That, as, you, as you must. Because that's the other thing in these games. Like, they bundle in, like, old arcade games. As, well. <laughs> as games tended to do in that age for some reason. Yeah, well, say, and all of the Yakuza games still continue to do. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm, I think this one has a full working copy of Virtual Fighter 3 in it, but I can't <laughs> play it yet, which is a shame. I can play some crane games. No, well. Which, like, naturally I tried for a little while and, like, it's like, this is rigged. No, <laughs> like, yes. It's like, it accurately represents to me, like, the thing. Like, the thing I was trying to pick up was, like, a round penguin bird thing with a hat. And it's like, there's just nowhere for the grabber to hold it because it's a round penguin bird thing. And like the grabber just doesn't just slides casually off the top. And then the bird falls over. And if the bird, like if you get the physics just wrong, and if the bird's fallen over, the grabber doesn't go low enough to pick him up. You're like, son of a bitch. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a realistic crane game. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I'm digging this at the moment. We'll see. I've had a fight at a funeral. What can I say? (laughs) (laughs) Some of the faces, like, are just like, like, when when everyone shouts, basically, that it's like super exaggerated big mouth syndrome. Like, like the animation's not quite, it's, it's improved over the original, I guess, but it's like, it's still like, I don't know. There's one, there's one character in particular called Shimano who's just, when his mouth opens, it's, it's huge. It's like 50% of his facial mass becomes mouth. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's or not mass, I suppose. Anti-mass. <laughs> yeah, anti-mass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's, there's a mystery plot as well. Like it's, it's that's basically the the, the 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 game story is you trying to figure out what's happened in the ten year time skip. <laughs> Even though you should know, theoretically. Well, no, you went. Well, you you go to prison. Basically, oh, okay. Um, covering up for your friends, and then it turns out your friends may have betrayed the the family during your time in in jail, but you don't really understand how. Mm. And so the the story is progressing slowly to reveal little details about. Hey, what? But you were, you were my best bud. I protected you, and now you're screwing me over. And now you want me dead? Like, what's going on? What happened? Like, and I like the fact that there's all these lingering question marks and they're slowly being eked out through the medium of fights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the one one medium of that universe. Punching people. Punching. It's cool. Ah, I, I, I like it a lot. Uh, I said that to Gnome, actually. Like, it, was, it, was, it was like, this is a bit of me. And, and she was like, and she sort of said, really? I, th- I thought you weren't really into these kind of like realistic mob fighting and i'm like this isn't realistic no there's like there's there's no part of this there's like it's more of a comedy than it is a a gang film Mm. (laughs) it's great uh and i did think of the oh yeah i was going to briefly mention grip because i went and played a little bit of that because they added anti-grav yeah they got rid of half of the whole game it's it's an anti-grav racer now (laughs) well but they still do the whole grip to surfaces thing because you know that's what that game's about. Yeah, but I actually think they it makes the game a lot better because I think the uh, the handling is incredibly unforgiving in Grip. Like, well, I mean that's just replicating the the originals, okay? I guess <laughs> where yeah. it's fucking impossible. Well, there was there's a certain oddness, like because if you got hit by a weapon or stuff like that, it's like you'd basically just it would screw you right up. Like getting hit by anything is is a bad time, but because of the way the acceleration works, you get the, the, the like things go quite fast. But it takes a long time yep, to accelerate. That, that's definitely like roll game. Right. Yeah, so like uh like getting hit or making a mistake. Yeah, you make a mistake, you're you're probably gonna go flying for ages, bounce off fifty two different objects in the in the in the world, and then land facing the wrong direction. So welcome to last place. Yeah. Um and so like punishment is super harsh. And the anti grav races reduce that a little bit. Or it feels like it reduces it a tiny amount. Like, I don't feel quite so... Like, I'm having a hard time steering the thing. Hmm. Um, and I've started getting to, like, some of the new courses that they've added. The new courses seem good. Um, yeah, decent update. For free. Grip may be getting better. Good. Let's hope Formula Fusion slash whatever it's called now is. Oh well. man, when it launches on consoles, it's not going to be called Formula Fusion nope. anymore. It's got the very generic net. Well, it was a pretty generic name in the first place. Yeah, it's becoming Paces, <laughs> which I think is really bad. I, like, I actually saw a YouTube video, the thumbnail thereof, where the title was like "Paces is the anti gravity racer you want to replace F Zero on coming soon to consoles." Uh, like that's I, a I bold think, statement. Think you maybe. Got a bit ahead of yourself there. I mean, I hear that, as as I've said, every time we brought up Formula Fusion, I've heard that that game is fairly different to when I played it. Mm. Like, it's still got the same tracks and the same visual design, but apparently, like, the structure and handling and hopefully some of the bugs (laughs) uh, are are refined. Uh, Apparently, like, the single-player experience is quite different when Paces comes out. Like, you know, 
your your play as part of your team rather than the team being a completely pointless color choice. Yep. You know, which is kind of what I want from those games. Like, yeah. I, I want the teams to matter. Uh, like, uh, the teams kind of, de- admittedly, the te- there wasn't really much of a big push against teams, even in like the Wipeout games, but the teams defined the craft, right? You, yeah. Your team was the craft. That was literally and, the stats. Yeah. So it kind of, it, it still meant something. Whereas Fusion sort of did away with all of that and went like, you could have any ship and any team combo you want. And it's like, well, I don't care now. Yeah. <laughs> the teams don't choose the any... one that looks coolest. Yeah. What, what color do I like? Uh, let's go with South America. All right. Cool. <laughs> They've got the lot. Li- well, one of them had a, had an animated line. I'll have that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I mean, that's not far off, supposedly. Yeah. Finally, I guess. Like maybe a month or two before that comes out. Speaking of things that haven't come out while we're abruptly angling towards that topic towards the end of this podcast. I haven't got a huge amount more to really talk about that's interesting, so I I can drop it there. I played some more Tetris Effect just because... Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah, while I'm remembering, I finally played, because it randomly opened up during one of the um, rituals. Right. Uh, I I finally played the original Game Boy stage. Old school version. It's pretty cool. (laughs) I mean... I didn't hear the note that Jeff Gersman thinks is wrong in the soundtrack for it, but it was pretty good. I like it. Tetris is still cool. Maybe he just had a duff speaker on his game or something. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's not actually wrong at all. It sounded fine. It goes all ravey if it, once you level it up a bit. <laughs> level up, once you get your, get through the skin a little bit, it's kind of cool. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Games that aren't out. Games that aren't out. This is my current... Uh, my current problem, this problem that comes around occasionally where I'm just waiting for patches. Because, like... That ter- Terraria patch still doesn't even have a date. And I, every, I, as soon as I saw that, it so infused me for Terraria. And I'm just like, come down, I can't. I have to keep resisting the temptation to start playing Terraria again yeah, before the actual content happens. Yeah, you do. Like, because what is it? It's, um, is this the one they were pushing during E3? Yeah. Right. Yeah, wait. Yeah, I know. It's just like, it's so annoying, particularly when you don't have a date. And the. Similarly, the auction not included launch patch. It still doesn't have a date, but it's now entered like testing. So theoretically, if you if you want to, you can opt into the beta thing on Steam and get that patch now, get mm. the early version of it of the content that's coming, the biomes and all that stuff. So, and I've been that that means that now not only am I annoyed by still having to wait for an unspecified date on that, I'm now having to resist watching youtube videos of it because that's now in my obviously in my recommendation because i've previously been watching videos about like now all the people who do that video do those videos are like here's what's new in the upcoming patch i'm like no don't want to see it (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to know i did did read the patch notes at least so i am sort of still aware of what's in that right you don't want to see how or get a feel for how it works. Yeah, you want you want to experience that. The one big thing to me from just reading the patch notes is they're introducing because previously they I talked about how I played on that other map, the ice map, where like the whole world is just the ice biome instead of all the other biomes. Mm. That seems like they're actually properly integrating that into the game now. So one of the things that you choose when you start a new game is which asteroid you start on, and now there's nine different ones instead of just those the three slightly weird ones they had before. So it seems like they're leaning slightly more into making them more distinct, and that might also affect like those three new biomes that pe- that they said they are making. 
may not appear in everyone, which would now make sense of why it, why why I was thinking like it would be too crowded if there was that many biomes. Hmm. Like maybe not every map has every biome now. Sort of makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that'll at least be nice. And you know, unless you want to go snow lava, snow lava. That was kind of you know what what that was why I was enthusiastic about the map generation changes because it was like you know it makes it different. That's the important thing. Once you play it a couple of times, you're like, okay, I know how this works. Yeah, I know, I know where where roughly where I'm going to find what I need. Yeah, now make now mix things up a bit. Mm. That's why I played that ice map. Different challenges. So yeah, that's coming. And also, they another thing that I read in the patch notes where I was just like, thank God, is they finally decided to allow you to properly adjust your starting duplicates because you got you get the free at the start, and you can, currently you can just hit the random button and just randomize their stats over and over until you get the ones you want, <laughs> which is obviously not the best technique. Duplicates? Are they like the AI partners or no? The the guys, the, the guys, they're printed out of a printing part. Terraria? No, in actually not included. Oh, sorry, I'm getting super. Sorry, yeah, I missed a step. I was like, yeah, that makes more sense. But yeah, currently you can just hit the random button and get randomize their stats until you get the ones you want. And it, everyone was just like, why do you not just let us choose these? Because it doesn't matter at the start of the game. Because all you're going to do is just sit there and keep hitting the button until you get the ones you want. Mm. It's not. There's no penalty to it. Not like when you're printing them out of the pod in the game, and it's like that's what you get. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> So now they're going to make it so you can basically... Even It sounds like they're still not entirely going to let you just fucking choose what you want. It's more like you can you hit the random button and then you like lock in certain things and then keep re-rolling the other stuff and because it's like on a weighted system of stats or whatever. It's like if Rogue Legacy had an infinite re-roll, it would lose something, right? Yeah, but that's the whole point of that game. Yeah. Whereas in this game, it's just like the starting crew. You might as well just choose those because yeah. everyone does. What if they could like put them into like, um, you know how Into the Breach has the various different different like mechs? Yeah. Then like I wonder if they could put them into groups to be like, oh, this will be this style of play and this will be this style of run. Well, I think so you could pick a set. Yeah, I mean they could do that as like a kind of an option where you could just get like these are the presets. Mm. R- rather than make it completely pickable, so you just pick easy mode. Like just, just yeah, but everyone just does that via the annoying re-roll system at the moment. <laughs> I know, I know, but they could like by building these presets that perhaps have one good one, you know. So there's strengths and weaknesses in each set. Yeah, I could, they could do that, but I think people would prefer just to be able to choose because it's not like necessarily the starting stats, and you know, they're not overpowered or anything. Mm. You do still, and you do still have the all the other people you bring in over time. You have to make your decisions then, and you're not able to just re-roll those. Mm. Kind of. And I think as a like a, a new player going in, sometimes that's. I mean, the re-roll would be like a little bit too daunting. I quite like the idea of like going. Yeah, in that, like, as if, a tutorial just kind of like first time thing, it probably would help to have because you don't even know what half of those things mean until you've got exactly. into the game. Yeah, Which yeah. is like, why is allergies bad or I good? Mean, <laughs> I mean, loads of games are bad at this, right? Where they just say, "Yeah, roll your stats," and you're like, "I don't know." Yeah, like just because you won't learn until later what you've done, and and then that encourages you to go back and go, "Well, that's fine. I can go back and like choose a different." set and make yeah it a bit easier. i mean arguably that is also part of the game where the i like the the sort of draw fortress aspect of like you're meant to just fail and then learn yeah i mean <laughs> you're the, meant to the, find the, out what the problems are and then work towards fixing them in future attempts i mean the ones i think where it's really bad is something like where you're going into like 
Fallout, I guess. Yeah. It's like you roll your stats super early and it's like, I have no idea what these are going to mean yeah. for me down the line. And, and in uh, some cases, it, like you, even when you get to the point where those matter, you're like, that doesn't even make sense. Right. <laughs> I mean, even even the basic stuff in, in Fallout where it's like, and you have like perception and it affects how good you are with guns and it's like okay i guess that makes sense you're like aiming and stuff mm. and or the, maybe it's like why is that not agility or something but then when you get into like perception also affects like what guns you can craft because that's just the stat they attach to guns mm. <laughs> it's just like that it's a bit weird in those, some of those cases like you think even with because fallout you could argue is almost like it has seven different stats. That's an unusually high number of different stats they can assign stuff to, and it still is kind of weird mm. when you get to the point you're like, why is that assigned to that stat? Uh, I did, it's like, well, sometimes whilst having that freedom to stat out any way you choose makes sense, like if the game provided archetypes as well, yeah. to be like, so you could be like, oh, you can pick from any of these, or you can customize. Yeah. Or like start from here and then you can customize kind of thing. Like, hey, but you want to go? You want to play Fallout guns heavy? Great, pick this guy. I mean, obviously, the other like, solution to that is to just literally have rerolls built into the game at some point that you can yeah. earn. I was, I was, I was stepping away from mentioning that, like having like a respec or something like that, which you know clearly makes sense on some long running games. But like, for not if you're really role playing an RPG, you are who you are, right? Yeah, it's like you you should stick to your decisions, uh, and I and I and I do get that. That it's, it's the not knowing what you're getting into sometimes that is that where the problem lies. Yes, and then you're run, then you're into the situation where like maybe you get one free reroll and then it's real difficult to earn rerolls from then on. So if you've screwed up entirely from the start, you're like, oh, I could actually fix this. But then if I want to do it again, it's actually a trial, mm. <laughs> something like that. Technically, you can respec the duplicates in Oxygen Not Included because they introduced the skill scroller. It doesn't reset; it resets their stats to their base stats that they spawn with. Mm. So you don't get you don't get to re-randomize those. But if you've leveled them up wrong or whatever, if you've spent their skill points in a bad way, you can fix that at least. <laughs> so sort of thinking about the skill scroller and skill training in general. It's a thing that sort of like weirdly. That I don't feel works quite right about Two Point Hospital actually because it has the like doctor skill, you know, yeah, and, and the skill system. You know, you train everyone in certain skills, but they have a limited number of slots. slots, and it sort of encourages you to like if you want them to be the best of the best, they have to specialize. Yeah, and so you want to. I, admittedly, I haven't got the training unlocked for like like all f- to make all five slots one thing. Yeah. So I have to mix and match anyway, and I should I should get it out of my head that I should be trying to specialize everyone. But it's like I know that's the way to make potentially make it make the most effective workforce is to force them all to specialize in certain areas. Yeah. Um, Except in some ways that's almost like counter to how that game theme hustle as well kind of counter to how that game works with like the like having to go in stamina go rest is like your one super specialized guy is out of action for a really long time you kind of need a backup yeah (laughs) yeah there's definitely a bit of that it's like um i did play a little bit more of that and it's like I, i think i've got to a level where it actually feels like things are trickier <laughs> like you've got through the tutorials yeah and you finally reach the real game well, I, can't, I can't quite but it's one of those things where yeah it's not hand-holding me anymore but like i can't really decipher it's what like there's a problem most management games have i can't really figure out what's going wrong yeah you don't know what like 
you might is like is it the is it the actual problem of the level not really you seem to be dealing with that but there's just something in general that's just making it more difficult it's like i'm on i'm on borderline like and uh, unlike most of the levels that came before where i was kind of cruising yeah this one i'm sort of on borderline disaster the whole time hmm. like i'm i'm running my money to the wire basically hmm. so it's like when it's saying oh you should build another room for that and it's like yeah i know <laughs> but i can't like I can't afford it right now. I can't. I can't pay sixty grand for a DNA analyzer um, to solve a Q problem because I built one to solve one guy's problem. Yeah, but because naturally. the DNA machine is also used for diagnosis. Now everyone's using my DNA machine for diagnosis, and I've got like a queue of twenty people, and it's like, ah, oh, damn it! Like, and I've got like, like yeah, G- just GP's offices coming out of the wazoo. Yeah, as you do. And so this, do this level has some really like a couple of really awkward like plot. Like, like things where a lot of the floor space is basically unusable. Yep. Uh, it's like, oh, okay. Now, now things are actually starting to. I'm, yeah, I'm struggling money wise. And it's like, well, I need to hire more guys to get rid of my queues. And if I get rid of my queues, maybe I get more throughput and I get more money. But I've got to spend money and make money, and I don't have money. Money. <laughs> can, can you? And it's constantly saying we should consider lowering our prices to raise our <laughs> reputation. And it's like, no, my reputation is like ninety percent. That's pretty good. Yeah, turn like, up the prices. Yeah, and then the moment I do, everyone goes, "I'm not paying that." And it's like, what's what's the point in having this slider? Yeah, that's the old classic problem of like taxes in SimCity or City Skylines. Where it's yeah. like, there's a very there's like a very precise point where it's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Everyone fucks off. <laughs> well, no, but I turned it up like the first notch you can do. Yeah, and ever and like I was getting enough people not paying that it was like this isn't worth it yeah it's not worth ever touching this slider again yeah like you can, I, the, that- the one slider i've managed to tweak occasionally that has made a difference is the like you can i can turn down the amount of break time yeah. by like one notch and the staff don't seem to mind that much right but that's it everything else you tweak people get annoyed enough to the point where it just where things go out of balance yeah it's like it's a management game where i can't manage it because if i if i leaving everything in the middle is the happy zone well it's sort of that problem in all management games is is like it's an indication that the like the systems aren't built into each other enough where it's like there's you can change that one thing but you can't really change anything else to counteract it yeah i kind of want like if i wanted to run if you wanted staff. to make have like low break time, yeah. but like have really super good staff rooms to balance it out or something. Yeah, if I wanted to crunch the staff because of a particular moment, but just do it briefly. Yeah. I don't feel like I can do that particularly. I can't like the game doesn't present enough of an obvious occasion where it's like, well, except maybe emergencies, maybe, yeah. but then but then that's more room dependent than it is staff dependent half the time. Yeah. It's like I need the rooms for the staff to be in to deal with this fast enough. It's like I can't put them in a specific mode and be like, "All right, everyone, crunch time. We've got too many people in the hospital. Get them, get them out." Yes. Um, I'll pay overtime. Something like that. There's no balance between that. Like, maybe like I can't temporarily say, uh, "Everyone, crunch. I'll pay you a bit more." Because I have to give you a permanent salary. And I, I, I guess the one, I guess the one thing that you can do in your situation that does have a balance is you can just start kicking people out. You have enough True, reputation am, to start sacrificing reputation by dismissing which, patients. Which is what I'm doing, in <laughs> fairness. It's like, oh, I'm, I can't build a head office to solve turtle head. Um, so you guys are going home. I don't care. And you can turn... Oh, I, maybe it's only on... 
I remember it. You can do it for the wards, of course, but I don't remember whether you could do it on other rooms. You can set them to not be diagnosis, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. You can also like wards are like one of the special yeah. cases where you can put like um extra people in them as well. Yeah. Um, to be like, oh, I need I need two people managing beds because my ward's getting a bit busy. Yeah. Well, to the point where it actually sometimes makes sense to just build two wards. Like well, two wards yes. often makes more sense than having a big, a single big one. Yes. But I think you can turn so you can like not have your DNA machine clogged up by diagnosis and only use it for treatment. Yeah, which is maybe what I want to do. But I think I've got a problem where the level's goal is to cure people with cubism. Right. And I've got the machine. I've yeah. got the recovery room. <laughs> Great pun. Um, but no one uses it. Okay. Like because they're not diagnosing. Oh, they haven't got sufficiently high diagnosis. Yeah, they're not. They're, not, they're never diagnosing my cubism patients well enough. Yeah, that seems like that again. This is another... and, I don't, and I don't know what to do to solve that. It seems like another case where it's the same situation of you need the, the you need the different mechanics to interlink better. Where you don't just want to turn rooms off diagnosis, like disable the DNA machine with diagnosis. You want to say only if you think it might be this disease, do they then use the more advanced diagnosis rooms? Yeah, there's there's maybe something you can yeah you kind kind of want some of the the I don't know logical steps to a certain extent, or the policies to be exposed a little bit, but yeah. You know, maybe, maybe like, because really the only maybe thing... that's what re- the research element of these games sure. is supposed to like behind the scenes solve for yeah. you. It's like, oh, we figured out how to deal with this better. Because really, the only option... but you don't research diseases; you research rooms and machines and technology in this. It's like, yeah, it would make sense to be like, oh, I, I, I know I'm not dealing with cubism properly. Research the disease. Are you sure you can't do that? I think you can. You can target. To a certain thing, you can target rooms. Like I can target the recovery. I feel room. like there was a research for that was like a buff to one specific thing. Maybe it was a machine rather than a disease. Yeah, though. I think I've only ever seen rooms and machines or generics. Like you can do research for money. <laughs> sure. Which maybe I actually have to do. That's a, that's a thought. Mm. I've got a couple of research guys. I could just chuck them in for money. I mean, the only thing you, the only other thing you can do, which again is another one of those mechanics which isn't really interlinked to anything enough, is like. I think you can still do it in that in in fucking what's this game called? <laughs> two point. <laughs> two point. I think you can still do it. Well, you can turn down the percentage certainty of diagnosis, right? You can, yeah. You can say like you can you can like make the risk higher. Yeah. So it's so like they don't attempt, have to go, attempt riskier treatment. They don't have to go through so much diagnosis. No. So you might be able to clear some queue that way, but then kill a bunch of people. But again, you've I've got, got, the, re- got, you got quite, the reputation. I've got quite a lot of death at the moment, but I have got the reputation. To, yeah, that's a thought. I didn't think of that. I keep forgetting what sliders exist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're so specific. That's the whole problem we've just been talking about. They're very, very one use, and maybe you can't change them that much, and then you forget they're there after a while. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, actually. I'm, I'm, I'll be risky hospital for a while. <laughs> like I, I could build, I've got a decent marketer, but I don't have marketing yet. Hmm. So I could build a marketing department and try and <laughs> just grind some reputation that way. Yeah, but I, but I need money for that. Yeah, well, yeah, pay off. I need to sp- I need to spend money to convince people to come do some cubism and then die <laughs> and then die. Yeah. <laughs> As long as, you get, as long as you get some diagnosis money out of them before I mean. they yeah, die, they, pay, they have to pay their GP fees on the way. Yeah. 
I've, I have got a surgery now, which like takes forever, but does bring in some pretty good yeah, money. That was so. always the cloud, the theme hostel where it's like the because in the old theme hostel it used to be like the cash icons that would come out of people, and like the surgery was the one where it was like twelve hundred, and the text was smaller. <laughs> <laughs> right. Catching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've got, I've got one of those now. In the, well, this particular. Uh, like you only ever really you know it's one of those classic things you only ever build the room when you need it yeah right? so it's like it finally got to the point where i need surgery and it's like okay great okay that's it's expensive to build but uh, uh, hopefully this will alleviate some problems hasn't yet mm. but we'll see uh can the marketing department like I don't, this is a stupid thing but this sounds like the kind of thing that a two-point hospital would do and female hospital if it had at the time but can the marketing department basically like make adverts to invite specific diseases to come to your hospital yes they can <laughs> that would be useful yeah so if you want more surgery you can say hey we're having us we're like we're great at surgery guys <laughs> come 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 get your surgery with us or like hey i need those cubism patients yeah. so i can figure out what the hell i'm supposed to do with you come here yeah you can do that but yeah like i said it costs uh costs a lot of money I wouldn't say it's a lot. Actually, well, no. thinking about it, it's like it's like a training fee. It costs about the same as that to run something for a, a certain amount of game time. Yeah, and and, and, and you lose an assistant to start. Oh yeah, it. right. Yeah, and it runs into the other classic problem where it's one of those things where it's like, how do you tell that it's working? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Because yeah, my hospital's always pretty pretty busy, and it's filled with all. It's getting to the point where like, I've got quite a lot of diseases going on. Yeah, you so always need this. the like the opposite where you just ban certain diseases. Be like, I'm never going to be able oh, to treat those, so yeah. just get out of the way so I can <laughs> process more other people. Yeah, that would be useful actually. Sometimes to be like, like, hey, like notify me when you're maybe when you're sending someone away because we haven't got it, but yeah. just just do that automatically rather than like question me every time. Yeah. It's like, hey, we found we found someone with turtle head. Like, yeah, yeah, I know. Again, go home. I haven't got a head office. Uh, we found someone with eight bit, and yes, but the pixelator or whatever is like super expensive. I can't, I can't buy it, build one right now. I'm really that fine on money. I get to the point where like Giles or whoever that guy at the bottom of the screen is, I'm going to call him Giles. Sounds about right. He's just permanently going. We should take out a loan, and I'm like, no, that's a bad idea. It's always a bad idea. I'm alive, aren't I? Just barely. I'm not winning any awards here, but we're doing all right. Maybe I'll end up buying that this sale, as I said I would. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've stuck with it longer than I thought I would, honestly. Mm. It's like, you know, what am I, 30 hours or something in it? It's nearly. And it's like, for me, playing a management game, yeah, which isn't usually my bag... And I'm still coming across like unique audio cues mm. from the DJs. It's like I'm still having the odd one where it's just like, oh, I haven't heard that one before. Like, where, where'd that come from? <laughs> kind of thing. It's like, there's some stuff to it. It's just like, perhaps, I don't know how you would slick up a game like that. Like, maybe presentation, maybe something like that. Like, some of the menus, I think, could be a bit better organized. So yeah. you don't have to scroll around so much. Yeah some of the ways it clicks and zooms to people maybe if the like the the um i don't know even bring back some of the more annoying stuff from theme hospital like you know have the announcer go doctor required in gp's office maybe 
like because it doesn't do that very often like most of the requests are because the janitors are screwing yeah up. um which you hear those all the time and it's like i quite like to know if my doctors are being idiots thanks but are they though? It's just not happening maybe, because maybe they're not. Yeah, well, because it's well, actually solving itself. Well, it kind of, but and and it also shows you visually, doesn't it? So if you zoom out, like you can, all the rooms will say, "I'm waiting for a doctor of this type." Right. Yeah. Um. So you can actually see, like, okay, like I can, I can immediately see what where where my choke points are. I need another psychiatrist. I've Always, because I've because I've got three psychiatries, and then like minutes later, all right, that queue's entirely dealt with. Now all my psychiatries are empty. Oh, great. <laughs> Into general diagnosis. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone get in the get everyone get in the GP's office. Get busy. Be house. Pretty much. I haven't seen a Gregory House come up yet. The, 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 you have to think he's there somewhere. You're hoping for that being like the random name pool, where it's like a non-random name, kind of like how yeah. you occasionally get those in like uh, Roller Coast Tycoon and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, like, the, the, like, oh, that's clearly been baked in. <laughs> I do like how, like, uh, like when you go and look at a guy, you get like the little portrait, but it like it generates the portrait every time you look at them. <laughs> right. Occasionally, that goes very wrong. So, like, you'll see like a bit of face, or it'll <laughs> like. Or it'll just be a hand. <laughs> like, well, so it's basically like the Eve Online character creator when they unlock that for the first time, and everyone right, was like, right. "Oh, how can we rotate this camera to make ridiculous, yeah, dumb pictures?" It's a little bit like sometimes it's just like a flesh tone across <laughs> the across the entire pane, and it's like zoom. Like that's great. I kind of love it. Like I had one where a guy was at ninety degrees. <laughs> like, like that's one of my favorite things about the game. Just looking at that thing, going like, "Yep, that's that's or no, that's a polygon that's been stretched too far." <laughs> <laughs> Two points, all right. Yes, it might be one of the better hospital revivals. Well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see if I ever get to Project Hospital. Yeah, because <laughs> that's still in my Steam wish list. I'm intrigued. It's still in hella early access. Is it still? Is it? Is it hella early? Yeah, is I think it, so. That, I think it, so. Is that how it's like? No, that's not how it's advertised. Hella early. Should be. Is that a podcast? Yeah, I guess so. We did all right. Yep. For a no news week. Because <laughs> we talked about the no news for a very long time somehow. Yeah. What the hell was that? Was that, that, was a, that was a reflection, a reflection of a car, off a car. that just looks like a strobe light going off. It was very dramatic. <laughs> The end of podcast strobe is firing. <laughs> that's, our, that's our warning light. To prevent us from getting epilepsy, we should stop. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that's how you get epilepsy. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at the strobe light too long. Oh no, now I have epilepsy. It's not like diabetes. <laughs> no, I suppose you don't get epilepsy that way, but you probably learn of the existence yeah. of epilepsy within You probably you find that out way. that you already had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was Rob's epilepsy noise, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I don't, well, yeah, isn't it, well, it's basically a generic spasm. It might have happened in my throat. Yes, it might have. It might have. Might explain everything. I've about Rob's talking ability. It's all epilepsy. I've, I've been on. A, well, yeah, I guess. I've been, I have been on a train while a guy had an epileptic fit, and it made a really disturbing noise. I'm sure it was. It was kind of like a. It was like, you know, when you see videos of people getting tased. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Well, I mean, yeah, that basically is exactly the same thing. Yeah. Essentially, it's like, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was unsettling. 
Because everyone just suddenly looked at each other and was like, what the hell was that? Well, that's, you know, public spaces. That's, yeah. what, that's what happens. Humans doing human things. I mean, it wasn't that, like, like dr- uh, I don't know, like, dramatic where everyone, like, suddenly stands out of their chairs and be like, what's going on? It was all like, you know, it was a, it was a train to London. So, of course, everyone just sort of looks at each other and goes, was, was that? Was that my dad? <laughs> everyone looks at each other and goes, let's collectively decide to ignore this. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Until until the train stopped and then paramedics got on board and it was like, oh, right, that was a thing. <laughs> Perhaps I should have been more concerned. Yeah. It was down the other end of the carriage. Yeah. I was fine. It's far away. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Londoners. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all people, really. It's just trains. Well, sure. Okay, that's it. Podcast over. Podcast over. Next, oh, our video of Lethal League went up. It did. Another video of Lethal League. New character. Yeah, we finally got around to trying Toxic. We were theoretically marginally better at that game, I would say, on average. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. There was more skill involved? We did some more cool, weird things, certainly. There was definitely some... I'm sure like, there's some bits we commented on, and I, when I was editing the video, like I played them back frame by frame, yeah. and I'm like, that does not look right. I, yeah, I know one of those specifically that I'm thinking of. But yeah, where it sort of went through me, hit the graffiti tag from Toxic, and then came back <laughs> and hit me in the butt, and it's like... How did that happen? Well, I mean, it, it should have hit me the first time. Sure, yeah. <laughs> we definitely called that one out. But there was also the one where I caught a... I did a throw as Doombox, but the ball was behind me. Oh, right, yeah. And I was like, how does... That? I mean, maybe you just have that hitbox if you time it right or something. I mean, if your arm goes <laughs> Yeah, if back. your arm sweeps behind you or something. It's weird, isn't it? But, like, yeah, it, it's... It's a little unsettling when you're playing it at the time. You're like, what just happened? Yeah. And then it's like, okay, it sort of looks right when I step through it. It's like, because I can. But also, you're like, what just happened? That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it's always cool when ridiculous shit happens. So there's that video on our YouTube channel. Yep. And then next week, maybe Dan will come back. (laughs) Not next week. Next two weeks. Uh, next video we have a choice because I haven't edited it yet well you know you can place, play, so, place f- votes now <laughs> if you place votes on which one Rob chooses to do it could either be episode shadow from Sonic Forces I mean that would make sense or we can do escape goat 2 uh, yeah I, maybe that one maybe that one okay escape goat 2 has taken the one vote <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get Dan's vote as well and find out <laughs> the vote of one Where majority you... yes that's that. What happens if Dad votes Sonic Forces? I think his vote takes precedent in that case. Do we? Because he's one? not involved in the videos. <laughs> he get, he gets to choose which one he gets to watch. Essentially, <laughs> do I have to create a coalition video of some kind? No. <laughs> All right, proven. Right, end of podcast. Bye.